Hey everyone, today is Thursday the 7th of April 2016 and this is The Gap, episode 315. I'm Luke Laurie, with me is Jeremy Jongas-Ray. Well, I suppose I am. Yes, Nathan Lawrence is here. What up? And uh, we have a special guest today, all the way from Poland. Uh, his name is Jorb... Jorb Gilroy? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, in Poland, it's pronounced... Uh, it's fucking... Everything has like 4,000 consonants. It's like they stopped building a city, right, <laughs> in, in the 1960s, and they just went to work adding as many consonants to as many words as they could. They're like, you know what? We don't need buildings because we've fucking nailed buildings. Let's see if we can add W to literally every word we've got. And J, W and J, because those letters go well together. <laughs> anyway, yes. Hi. It's Joby. <laughs> Warsaw. 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 Sure. So when did you land? Was it yesterday or? Yes, it was yesterday. Okay. And you're doing like around the world tour at the moment, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So I was in Dallas uh, before that for WrestleMania. Uh, and, uh, and now I'm here. Um, cool. For Wargaming. But I haven't seen any World of Tanks yet. Apparently they've got virtual reality world of tanks <laughs> i can't wait to see how the fuck that works <laughs> no that's not real that must have been the thing that we saw at cans which is just like the inside of a tank i think no 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 you play the game apparently you play the fucking what? game in like with a vive headset or some shit okay that's not weird yeah i just i can't even imagine what that's going to bring to the table um, i don't have interiors yeah. the tanks right no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that should be good. But yeah. Cool. I'm hmm. back, baby. Let's, let's talk some video games. Yeah, we don't have too much time. Um, so let's talk. And there's a lot of games because Nathan is a crazy person once again and he's been playing everything. Not like what? last time. Holy shit. Not like last time. No, that was insane. I think that was a record you broke. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we want to talk about first? Does anyone have anything in particular they want to to get out of the way or no. Doom open beta. No, All right. Close beta. Close beta. I have prepped um <laughs> I know. I know out. Nate wants to talk about that. <laughs> Dude, what I were know. your thoughts, Chung? Nate wants well, to fight about it, I think. He he knows my thoughts. <laughs> I do, I proofread. He proofread my thoughts on Game Informer. I must be like the only person uh on the internet that liked Doom. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like just the did you play it on PC? I put it yeah, yeah. I mean I guess I was only aware of later on that it was even available on not PC. Like uh, the game or the or the beta? Uh the game. <laughs> You're like, well, look at that. I was like, <laughs> doing yeah. the info research for Game Informer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like when I had to fill out the platforms thing, I'm like, oh, right, okay. I guess it's on console too. But um, yeah, no, I, I I liked it, and then I wrote my Game Informer thing, and then I um, just I didn't go out looking for anything Doom related, but all the stuff started filling my feed of people just absolutely hating Doom. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I read them, and then I was like, okay, um, I don't disagree. Uh, <laughs> I I can see that point of view, but I still think, you know, I, I still feel the way I felt about it. 
Well, which is I, I liked it. I guess um, my biggest issue with it is that it's it's like posing as an arena shooter, and it really isn't an arena shooter. Um, How is it not an arena shooter? Well, it looks like one. Like, it's got the right map size, and who's typing? (laughs) Sorry, that's me angrily typing. (laughs) Do the mute thing. I'll mute now. (laughs) It's just so people at home can understand what I'm going through. It was like that Arrested Development moment, you know, where the the drums are playing, and you think it's like an (laughs) ominous sound, and it's like, Buster, can't you do that? (laughs) I was just like... Oh, anyways, sorry. Uh, it was like being in that room with no sound and hearing your blood coursing through your veins. Um, okay, so yeah, I've, I've actually written something about it, so by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be on IGN. Uh, the first draft is 2,500 words. It doesn't get much roundier than that. And um, I had to do a bit of background research, and unsurprisingly, there is uh, quite a bit of division online about the core tenets of an arena shooter. But what I pulled from it and what I would agree with is that it has to be uh, kind of like smaller maps, smaller player counts, should be really skill-based. Skill and by that, specifically, I'm talking about the idea that you should always spawn on an even keel as everyone else. And yep. you've got loadouts, so you don't straight away. You've got two weapons, so you can't go and, you know, balance out your one long-range option, your one short-range option with, like, a mid-thing or, a say, defensive plasma option, which now has a secondary fire mode, which has that, um, I guess, that napalm-type thing, which is really good defensively. Um, so you – or you, you can't, like – you can specialize in close range, but that puts you at an immediate disadvantage if you spot someone at long range. Like, you have to close the gap or basically run away. Um, I found that <clears throat> the uh, the lethality is too goddamn low. Yeah. It's to be a whole lot higher. And, and going back and looking at things like Quake 3, it's not like the lethality in that is like Siege, you know? It's not a one-shot kill situation. But two direct hit rockets, two two rails, definitely. That's a kill. And this should, right, now, should uh, yeah. I mean, if you yeah, I guess if you have armor, it won't kill you. Yeah, but but in in Doom, which is let's be honest, very much trying to be Quake uh, in terms of multiplayer. Big emphasis on verticality. The the four pickups that you can get, which is haste, regeneration, invisibility, and quad damage, are literally lifted from from Quake. Um, it's got its like railgun esque. Yeah. weapons and whatnot. Um, what I found that was people were playing it, the more that I played, people were playing it more like it was a contemporary kind of military shooter, which means everyone was running along the ground instead of like being midair. Like, you go back yeah, and yeah. watch the Quake 3 pros and you only touch the ground to jump or to collect a pickup, right? So there's none of that. I love that they've added the double jump, but that seems to be kind of like the entry-level option for them not really handling rocket jumping too well, which is what I, from what I tried, basically non-existent. It doesn't work. Like, it doesn't give you the kind of... the risk-reward of taking your own splash damage versus the speed and height boost that you should get out of it. Yeah. And, and I uh, There might be a technique that people find later on, but um, you can get, like, pretty much all the secrets in the map and or all the... All the the most powerful power-ups and all the hard-to-get-to areas of the map you can get to with the double jump. 
Yeah. And, and again, I guess that's them kind of talking about or, or trying to present accessibility, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I just find that from what they talked about at QuakeCon specifically, what they've presented is they very much pushed this angle of arena-style shooter. Um, it's definitely got influences from arena shooters, but I would not call it an arena shooter. Um, and I think you do yourself a disservice by presenting it as one. Whereas if you say it's like a hybrid, it's its own thing. I mean, like, their blog is filled with them calling it kind of like fast-paced and whatnot, but like compared to their older actual arena shooters, it's not fast-paced, it's slower. Uh, compared to Doom 3, it's fast-paced. That's probably a better way to put it. And I just found that um, it all be- it all kind of descended towards the end into controlling the demon rune. That was the only important thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a short period of, of strong momentum. Um, I mean, it's definitely OP while you've got it. And I found a, a valid tactic was to just not be there. Um, <laughs> just legit run away. Um, and then, like, you know, it seemed like there was a few other things that might spawn around the same time that would help you deal with the demon. Like, um, the gauze cannon is pretty strong, uh, especially if you've got some range on them and the quad damage. And if you can get something like that, then it might help you even steal the demon. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fine with like all the stuff that you've said. I'm I'm actually okay with it. Like I mean, the fact that it's sort of like trying to be quake um, seems to me like a given. Like even before going into it, I was like, it's going to have to be more like that because just simple old Doom is just not going to be enough for this day and age. Like there's just not enough to that. Um, you need to. There needs to be more more interesting things like um, the. The rockets, like if it was just a rocket, I'd be pretty bored by that. Um, but there's a little bit of extra mastery um, forcing splash and like detonating the rocket after it goes around the corner and um, the extra charging on the sniper rifles and the uh, the static rifle and stuff like that. Um, those were like, I think that's, that's absolutely needed um, in an arena shooter. There needs to be those additions. I'm, I'm a little bit iffy about the gamification stuff and you know the the xp bars and the perks and all that yes the Um, hack modules are are one of the worst things um not that they had anything too uh, the only really controversial one that hints at worst things was the spawn with an armor boost because again that doesn't put you on even footing with someone else i didn't mind that there was one that let you see the timers of what was going to respawn, I thought that was a great learning tool, especially. Yeah, that's it. When it's, when it's a learning tool and when it's helping someone not be completely slaughtered, like if you're up against someone better, it's like, you know, the, the obviously the pro is going to have all those timers in their heads anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, if the noob in the server who's getting smashed, if you want to give them, you know, make, make it a 10-2 instead of a 10-1, <laughs> and like, that's fine to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm really okay with that. But then, to me, that that paves the way to them letting you spawn with a eight to ten percent um, weapon damage. Yeah, the armor well. one. Yeah, like that's the stuff that benefits everyone. Yeah, that gets a bit more iffy. So, and and also even like things like I thought it was a bit grey. Like I love the idea of it because I'm a vengeful motherfucker. But the being able to see the last person who killed you, like yeah, yeah. walls and shit, like was cool. You see for him grey. But like at the same breath, you're like, well, that's kind of also not really fair <laughs> on that person 
like for getting mm. a kill that they get punished then by basically being a red blip on the map or not on the map mm. through the walls. Um, going back to what you were talking about earlier, I don't have a problem with it being more like Quake. I never really got into Doom multiplayer deathmatch, to be honest. Um, I was more of a Quake guy. And so it being more like Quake is like good, but I think that the problem is that it's not close enough to Quake. I think it's closer to something like Call of Duty or Halo even. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's the problem. But it's only a problem in the context of it being sold in the way that they've sold it, which is saying... It's an arena shooter, and it's not. Mm. Like, if, if they hadn't said that, then you don't judge it by that. It's like, you know, um, <laughs> DICE coming out every year and trying to convince us that they're world-class storytellers. They're not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they didn't say that, then you can't judge them for that. You can't go in and go, well, this story's garbage or more garbage because they said that they were good or better at it. And, and I find that, yeah, if you're going to define something in terms of um, an established space, albeit there is some division on the finer points of what makes an arena shooter. Like some people were debating on Reddit about whether Team Fortress 2 is an, a, is an arena shooter, um, which it has some of the hallmarks, but I would say that it's not, especially as soon as you throw in classes, because hmm. that means people, aren't, and, yeah. people yeah. aren't spawning on even footing, right? Like that's, I think that one has to be pretty much foundational. Hmm. And secondary fire, I'm all for, but they've ripped that off Unreal. And Unreal's a, a Unreal Tournament, more specifically, is an arena shooter, and that's fine. Like, I loved the back and forth between Unreal and Quake, like how they had yeah. to kind of evolve to compete with each other. Um, yeah, <clears throat> secondary fire is a great addition. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with vaulting. I don't have a problem with double jump. I just find that they're a bit confused in their ma uh, game design. Specifically, I'm glad that you mentioned, like, the, the sniper rifle, for instance, is... Uh, such a confusing thing to me because you have to hold down right mouse button Joby and Luke to bring up the scope which then charges your shot um, to get more damage but mm. that basically forces you to stop moving uh, and on the other end of the spectrum there's another gun which is a great idea which <laughs> has a weapon damage buff from momentum so the more you move the more damage it will do on that shot and then you have to kind of run again to reset It'll reset the damage meter um, counter, and then you fill it up again in a couple of seconds of moving, and then you fire and you get full damage. So what I found weird about that was that combined with what, again, what they're saying all over their blog about, like, it's a fast-paced shooter. There's not supposed to be spots to camp and um, snipe. They actually said that, and yet they've got a gun that is literally designed to be camped with mm -hmm. although towards the end when people were getting in the chat um on on the mics or even on some of the reddit chat i was following they were talking about how nobody was using the I feel really bad i'm forgetting the name of it um the one that static gun static rifle yeah is that the one that builds up the momentum yeah yeah the vortex rifle oh, the vortex yes so no, nobody was using the static by the end because you could get that one shot off and do say 60 60 damage um but you still had to run to reset it and if you missed it would only do like 30 to 40 damage whereas the sniper mm. rifles base damage was like 50 ish and there was no secondary fire benefit to the momentum based one because all it had was a scope i could just zoom so it was it's kind just of if you get a headshot with that one i think <laughs> you can get like from the hip headshots did you find problems with um the damage numbers not aligning with 
um, actual 100 hit point base damage. How do you mean, like, um... Like, I'm talking, like, if someone's just respawned, so you know that they've only got 100 hit points, they have zero armor, or at maximum they have 100 hit points plus, what, eight armor, was it? The little buff? Mm. Um, and you shoot them three times, point blank, with a super shotgun, which is ridiculous, or you hit them with three rockets, and because you can see the damage counter, mm. it was telling me that, say, my hits were, like, 50 to 55 each time, and it would take three hits to kill oh, them, right. or four. So, to me, that was either indicative of a shoddy netcode or um, the fact that those damage numbers are kind of arbitrary in a Borderlands almost kind of way. Maybe, right. Maybe, um, like, have you considered possibly that there is a degree of uh, spawn invincibility? Uh, no, because I've spawned into death. Okay. <laughs> that was just, uh, um, just a thought. No, no, that, that's a possibility as well, but also like because it would tell you their health at the end. And and I found yeah. that the, the damage numbers were, I guess the intention was to have them as an educational tool, which again, I'm all for. But when you hit someone with armor, they flash white. And when you hit someone without armor, they die or they bleed. So like that kind of visual feedback was redundant <clears throat> and added to this visual noise that was kind of unnecessary. Yeah. And when you watch the trailers, like the trailers look badass. You watch the multiplayer trailers, go watch any one of them, take your pick. They don't have numbers, um, and everyone dies basically in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not necessary. Again, I'm not saying they need to die in one shot, but when you've got like a super shotgun or you've got a rocket launcher and you don't have that kind of weapon feedback that's like, yes, that felt like the kind of damage output that should mentally come from the idea of firing a double barrel sawn off shotgun at point blank range or a rocket launcher and having a direct hit. I just feel that like that kind of stuff detracts from what I would expect from an arena shooter because like it's a skill as Joby with the quake three tattoo can attest to, to be able to follow some guy who's jumping around like a crazy fucking jackrabbit and fire a rocket in such a way that it hits him midair and yeah. quake three the kind of damage you got out of that was, like, amazing, because it should be. Splash damage was obviously less, but, um, yeah, man. I, I really, like, I feel like I could enjoy it if I didn't approach it as an arena shooter. Yeah, um, so it sounds like you're sort of locked into, like, the <coughs> concept of it being an arena shooter, and I think that's that seems like that is, like, really impacting your interpretation of it. And maybe that's why Jung wound up feeling positively about it because he, maybe he did attach so much. I mean, he didn't even know it was on fucking console. So, <laughs> well, I paid no attention Jung to anything the any. developers said. Like, I sorry, my, uh, I paid no attention to anything the developers said or promotional right. material or anything like that. Um, I knew there was a Doom coming, and that's it. Right, because I, yeah. I mean, I got to play it um, pre pre alpha at QuakeCon last year. Yep. And, like, things felt off then. But, again, you know, you go through the mental thing of, like, like it, 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 the pace was okay. The weapon damage wasn't high enough at that stage either. But you, you go through the thing of thinking, I've only played it, like, four matches, and it's pre-alpha, and during the Doom panel, uh, one of the developers who got a funny look from, like, the lead developer was saying, yeah, I don't think the rocket launcher does enough damage, which got a huge cheer from the audience because everyone <laughs> agreed. You know, so you're like, okay, they're working on it, and I haven't played enough for me to be critical, but I played, like, four hours 
over the weekend. Yeah. Mm. And it just took me back to Counter-Strike days at my worst. And by that, I mean, like, <laughs> swearing fucking abuse at the screen, like, yeah. constantly. And I'm like, you I'm should not play some to- Dark Souls. <laughs> well, I do, I do intend on playing that, uh, but uh, yes. You know, the game I likened it to the most while I was playing was uh, actually Halo. Just because yeah. of the... Um, well, everything I saw of it, it looked like fucking Halo. It didn't yeah, look it, like... Uh, <laughs> Quake Arena mm. shooter. Looked like fucking Halo. Yeah, and especially with the, like, I think what they're doing with the rocket launcher and with the damage and the way all that's balanced is, um, I think they just want you to have, like, a two gun kill strat like you would in Halo. Like, you'd, you'd put together your two gun combo and, um, maybe try and weaken them with the, um, uh, rocket launcher a bit and then finish them off with the, uh, the lightning gun when they're in range and they're on, like, 15 health or something and, you know, you can just spray them a little bit and finish them off. Um, yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. Like you can't have, you know, the million guns for, uh, you know, whatever the range is, you're going to switch for whatever's ideal, but you're just going to kind of have either your, uh, long range, short range strat or your, you know, base damage and then finish them off strat or just something like that with two weapons. You know, I don't loathe the concept of, of two weapons only because if I think back to quake three times, like invariably you would probably only use two weapons at most like rocket launcher and plasma or rocket launcher and lightning gun and you'd only really rely on a third weapon once you'd run out of ammo but like from what i've seen that's like the way the game works it doesn't really deliver itself to the arena like that in itself doesn't deliver itself to the arena shooter sort of situation. But it seems to me like the the levels are so small and there's so many tight corridors. And like if, if a lot of people took the rocket launcher, um, the splash on like, you know, if three people are firing around a corner, the splash mm. would be devastating and just too crowded. So mm. um, I got that feeling while I was playing, like if, if the rocket launcher did do more, then um, it would just get, a bit you'd have so many situations where you're just about to go around a corner and then you know there's just a lot of noise and you die but that's what i found the double jump help with because the double jump negated a lot of splash even if yeah. you if you fucked up the first jump and you're like okay that rocket's gonna hit me in the feet you mm. press jump again and i thought it was a a great little way to enhance the escapability which i think is an important part of an arena shooter the fact that you can take more than one hit it's not an insta kill mode uh by any stretch of the imagination it's not siege but in the same breath like being able to take that one hit and then you know flick off a rocket jump spin around and pull out the railgun midair and you Mm. know smash someone like i just i just didn't find that experience and i guess that's what if they hadn't you're right if they hadn't painted it that way joe then i wouldn't have been looking for it but you know it's like if a fucking someone said the next battlefield game is going to be a rts game and it's a shooter then i probably would go yeah. like no you've uh, misled my expectations um the, i guess the ultimate built-in redundancy which i really enjoy is that they've got snap map which is the user generated content apparently cross-platform and you can create single player co-op multiplayer Sorry. modes before we talk about Snap Map, though, and, and the modding and stuff, uh, was there bunny hopping? No. No, I never saw anyone do it. Doesn't doesn't give you I speed did, I didn't advantage. see any, like, trick jumping or, or trick movement at all. All the trick jumping really? is gone, except, yeah, the double jump is, is it. Yeah, but did Quake, not, sorry, Quake Doom never really had that sort of stuff, right? 
No, but Quake did. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, Quake did. Yeah, Quake. I, I think that's, it's disappointing because that's what I, I was getting a big Quake vibe out of it, and I guess you know, yeah, it is a Doom game, so maybe not. But yeah, because I played it. I played multiplayer Doom three, and that was vastly different from from Quake. Yeah. Even though that was an id game, um, it, yeah, it was very much slower paced and uh, mm-hmm. tight corridors. Yeah, it was completely different. On the on yeah. the flip side, in multiplayer Doom Two, I mean, it was dramatically different again, right? Like that was from a very different time. So hmm. does it really like? I think they're trying to separate from Doom Three with this hmm. this game. And so well, yeah, they need I to. I mean, that's what I was saying. That old school stuff, it's just not enough yeah. nowadays. Yeah, they need to grow. They need to add to it. But that's what the single player is all about. Like that, this is the ultimate irony within everything, is that they they proudly brag about the fact that um, this Doom is inspired by the, the the pace and the high lethality in terms of the campaign of the original two Doom games. Mm. And and when it comes to multi, they've kind of like toned shit down like that lethality's no longer there that super high movement speed like I love that in single player to get health back you've got to kill like and to get more health you've got to do a, a glory kill or basically their execution mm, right. so th- and I think that that's awesome and I would have loved to have played that game in multiplayer I guess is what I'm saying yeah um what was I going to say uh so do you think we'll have to... What's the, what's that fucking game? It's got the best ads ever. Uh, and it's like all overkill shit. Game of War? Looks- no, no. You're thinking of the <laughs> the Cliffy B's game. That one? No. Lawbreak, no. isn't it? No, no, no. The um, uh, the guys at the painkiller... The, the painkiller guys made. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, do you mean painkiller? Oh, no. Bulletstorm. No, Bullets, not Bulletstorm. Yeah, Bulletstorm. <laughs> Uh, no, no, there's one coming out, and it looks old school, and it's, mm. like, gibs everywhere, and fucking... You mean jibs? Oh, fucking Angie. <laughs> oh, oh are, you, are you talking about the one that had that uh, infamous Kickstarter ad with the uh, yes. faces and stuff? Yes. They've had another one, another ad, and it's oh, really? similarly brilliant. I just can't remember <laughs> what it's... I'll look it up. Um, That's effective marketing, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck. Remember that you were ad, but I can't remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I forget what I was going to say now. I've no, we don't mentioned- have to. We don't have to resort to that, Joby, because of Snap Map. Snap Map technically means that you can recreate Quake Three, or you know, old school Doom, Doom Three, if you want, um, multiplayer in Doom, which. It's good, but will require some patience, I'm assuming, before people figure it out. And it depends on how much they can actually mod. Like, whether you can actually get rid of the double jumping, whether you can add things like, you know, circle strafing and um, ramp jumping and all those sorts of jumping skill tricks that were awesome in Quake 3. Depending on how... Like, how are you going to add uh, bunny hopping, though? I don't know. I don't know. You, you yeah. can't. Well, I mean, <laughs> like that, yeah, that was a bug. Depending on the uh, the the level of mod ability, they might be able yeah. to add some trick jumping in just through the level design. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's going to rely heavily on on level design uh, for like people to actually take advantage of trick jumping and stuff. Mm. Uh, 
but I think I, I think it's an important part to an arena shooter because I think map knowledge and uh, and movement define uh, a player's skill in an arena shooter. More yeah, than, but I, yeah, and accuracy on top of that, right? Like not just the yeah. ability to move well, but the ability to aim and hit land hits while moving whether that's yeah. jumping backwards through a winding corridor while firing off rockets which is a, a replay of some Gamescom final I watched last night which is incredible or just the ability to um, yeah just never be touching the ground like you were always going to die from splash damage and that's I think I think splash damage from rockets was what originally kind of inspired people in these quake games to, to stay off the ground right stay away from walls yeah. Like, you didn't want to... Like, if you took a direct hit from a rocket, fair enough. That guy's mm. got good aim. But if you were on the ground, you got hit, you are going to take more damage than if you were, you know, two meters above the ground because you jumped. <clears throat> yeah, I'll say the splash is, is not very threatening in this one. No, but I do like the, the detonate rocket option. I do think that's really cool. But your mm. point about the depth perception stuff is... Um, it's true. Like, how how do you know <laughs> when it's right next to them versus when it's in front or behind or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, especially with like with the detonate thing and with the fact that like, especially in I don't know if you just wanted to shut down a corridor, like because it's a path to a power up or it's a you're maybe in warpath mode or something like that. Um, like, you can use the double jump to kind of do a slight juke, but. If they're just trying to shut down a corridor and they're just putting noise down it, then um, I think that might feel a little unfair if there was just like three rockets constantly blowing up in an entrance and it was just inaccessible. Why shouldn't you be able to shut down a corridor? Because there's multiple ways around, right? Like that's yeah. the good map design means that there should yeah. be at least three ways to get to somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean... There is. I guess you're, you're wasting a few seconds. But And then there's the personal teleporter on top of that, which is I don't have a problem with that um, equipment mm. item. You can throw it through the rockets and then spawn on the other side. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think by increasing weapon damage they would break anything, I guess is my ultimate point. Mm. Right. Yeah. There's cool. a few different, like at different levels of, still, of skill, I guess, like in public play with low levels of skill it would feel completely unfair isn't it supposed yeah, to have matchmaking though what's that doesn't it have matchmaking like isn't that supposedly the the ultimate equalizer is that but that's i guess like if you like at low levels of skill like you would you would just be running down a corridor and dying uh whereas it doesn't take too much skill to to be on the other side of that like you're just just creating noise in a corridor yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I guess. I mean, I did see what you're saying. The corridor. But I guess that's also where like skill jumping came in, right? Because you could take a splash rocket hit on a corridor, knowing that you're going to be jumping through it and only taking I don't know thirty or forty damage, mm. because by the time you're through it, they they're not hitting you with another rocket, and you have the advantage of I guess seeing the trajectory of where the rocket's coming from, so you know where to shoot, like that type of thing. Mm. I just, I just think by like tone, toning down and, and pulling back uh, some of the more traditional arena shooter mechanics, they've kind of done themselves yeah, a, a disservice because it really does look, I think at first glance when you watch the trailers and whatnot, that it looks like an arena shooter. Mm. 
and I think that a lot of PC guys, apart from the, you know, the weirdness with the motion blur permanently switched on and the flame frame rate, uh, frame rate rather limiter, and, and no video settings. Yeah, no video settings at this stage. Uh, no FOV slider. That's always going to piss off the PC guys. But I think, really, from what I've read, and it sounds like from what's popping up in your feed, that there's this kind of been this strong reaction because of the expectation of, of what it was going to be versus what yeah. it actually is. I read Alex Walker's piece, and um, it all it, he definitely... It seemed like he was G'd up for something that Doom was not. Um, yeah... Which is a shame. I guess, like my my sort of like coming away from it, like I had little little pieces of play where I felt like I was on a roll, and I was getting some some nice sniper headshots. And um, I never really dominated with the rocket launcher, but like with the sniper and with the static rifle, I had a lot, a lot more luck. Uh, I was terrible with the shotgun, but I had those those pieces where I felt like, yeah, I'm on a roll. I've got you know like. Uh, a few kills in a row, uh, a few kills in a row now, and um, it just felt really good. Um, and it sort of it was a bit of a nostalgic high. Um, but I, at the same time, I never really envisioned it being on the level of an esport. Like I never, while I was playing it, I never was thinking, "Oh, this could be played competitively," because I, I didn't really feel like it could. Um, it was just sort of like jump in, mess around. Yeah. Yeah, no, again, I think they've gone for that casual, kind of, like, accessible market, right? Yeah, I think... There's no to, like, marketing, or targeting that market, in my opinion. I mean, what's the point, then? Alright? Yeah, if it's not going to beat COD or the next Battlefield, then, yeah, what are you doing, right? Yeah, they'd need to add in some kind of monetization for longevity. Um, But if they are... I guess it's in there. Like, if they are targeting the the lower, like the uh, lower skilled masses or whatever, then um, yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe maybe they deliberately don't want to uh, make the movement mechanics too complicated and stuff like that. I don't know. But I, th- I think the the thing with Quake Three specifically is that, like, I I don't remember that game being anything other than targeted at mainstream, right? Like, it became kind of hardcore and niche when you got to the higher um, skill levels but it was one of those games that was fundamentally really quite easy to pick up uh, yeah. and learn that's the still, basics still, of still yeah, yeah easy to learn hard to master I mean those are my favorite types of games um, mm. but this one Doom uh, 2016's Doom seems to be easy to learn and yeah <laughs> like there's like once you've yeah. figured out the depth and, and it really makes me worry the hacks I think are what's one of the most concerning parts because it then descends into this kind of like RPG style mm. managing your kit being more important or in your loadout as well being more important Wait, than hang on, fucking what hats no no hats hats customization's fine <laughs> I was in Quake 3 the ability to know that that guy who's got the you know weird glowing armor is the really shit or really good person more for that but i'm talking more about the two weapon loadout restriction which you can customize what's your primary and your secondary as well as your equipment uh on top of the hacks which are the perks the passive perks oh hacks yeah right. not hats what? So what? that's fucking dumb hacks is a term that's already used oh uh, yeah yeah it is it's fucking stupid yeah and it's not a positive term is it yeah not a good <laughs> thing not- yeah. No, could have just called it 
perks. I guess that's why. What was one of their modes that they tried to make sound like it was the newest thing ever? Soul, soul search or something. It wasn't in the closed beta. <laughs> like soul tag, I think, or some shit. Soul capture, whatever. And they've described this mode that sounds really unique. It's like, but it sounds like this, but it's got this twist. And you're like, yeah, that's kill confirmed from COD, bro. Let's um, <laughs> <laughs> literally kill confirmed from COD. <laughs> and that's okay because you know ultimately we just want to play CTF, TDM. And all the little variants of that, and occasionally there'll be yeah. this unique mode that comes along that'll get you. But when you're rebranding, it's it's okay to not pretend like it's the newest yeah. thing ever. This is like the one game where I won't roll my eyes at everyone for just going deathmatch and team deathmatch. No, yeah. God, no. It's but, okay in Doom. <laughs> I didn't mind the idea of Warpath though, which is that moving king. Of yeah, the- I was only able to get a game like on the first night when it became available. Um, I was the matchmaking. I actually found some Warpath games for me, um, and I liked it when I played it. Uh, but then after that, it was just the only thing I could find a game in was Team Deathmatch. Yeah, I only had the one game of it as well. And like what you were describing before with the positive experiences, um, I found those in really small doses. And when I kind of thought about why I was having a really good time in those moments versus the rest of the time, I realized it was because I was on a team that was dominating. So. Right my, right, my kills were like really kind of supplementary, and and I found that a lot of the time I was running around and not seeing people, which mm-hmm. just felt really bizarre because I thought that it was a well-designed, tight maps like they were small, but then I realized that people weren't actually doing the normal arena shooter thing of doing laps; they were just <coughs> yeah. staying in central areas. <laughs> we well, don't really have to do. I mean, like, there's so much health and armor around that you can go around two corners. Like, say you have a tough fight with someone. You're on like 20 health. You go around like two corners and you're you're back up, you know. Um, and then you know, then then you maybe seek out the next power up or something. Um, but you can kind of dominate a small area, and then like the stuff will respawn, and you, you know you don't even have to move that much. Like I found, if you're if you're killing people a lot, um, they're not going to catch you on like 60 health when they come back. You're going to be uh, 100 health and, and 20, 30 armor mm. the next time you guys meet. And they drop health How when you kill work, by the way? Sorry to interrupt. How does armor work? Is it like you take, you lose two armor and one health or one oh, for one? Yeah, I'm not sure. Armor I wasn't tracking that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was actually armor first. And that's just judging by the kill cam, which would show what health they're on, which included armor if they happened to have it. And a lot of the yep. time I was killing guys and screaming bullshit, they had low or half health, but no armor. So I would hope that they had armor. <laughs> mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. Nate, you were saying um, the other day that uh, the team that's making multiplayer is <laughs> not actually it, right? Well, I've reached out for official confirmation on this because I've. Uh, it was actually proofing your article, Jung, mm. and uh, read the info tab. And <laughs> Jung. Jung. It had proofing your article, Jung. <laughs> <laughs> and it had its software listed as a developer, but then it had certain affinity and I think a third developer as well. And I mentioned to David Milner, the editor, I'm like, oh, holy shit, I didn't realize there was more than one dev. And he's like, yeah, I pulled that info across from some doom feature i'm like okay so i went and did some some digging and found out that certain affinities helping with the multiplayer now to what extent is yet to be determined and i will hopefully have official word on that tomorrow and then um, you went to milner and you went if jung's wrong about this 
<laughs> He's wrong about the whole thing, and maybe I should rewrite this. And or- Your Honor, please. <laughs> Don't, uh, game. Just wouldn't expect any calls from Milner for a while, basically, John. <laughs> <laughs> Devilish undermining, you might You'll say. never work in this industry again. Oh, it's good. That's what it was. Um, it was what got me fired up. It was what made me feel crazy for a second, mm. John. Because I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is <John>. happening?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I really do think I'm the only person that liked it. Out of you know, out of all the people that I see, I think like I was having fun when I was dying, and then I was having uh, loads of fun in the very small windows that I was dominating. Um, yeah, I mean, I never expected much. And I guess like, that might be another thing is like, it's not just the fact that I, uh, I, I didn't see any promotional material, uh, didn't see any developer interviews, anything like that. But it's just that I generally expect it to put out shit. Um, I, have, <laughs> like, I have a very, what have you done for us lately attitude towards id software. And, um, you know, when I was in five inch flop, I had a big saga with rage. Um, going through and absolutely making sure that um, it wasn't my PC's fault and going back and forth with the devs and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and it was their fault. And they, they probably knew it, too. Um, I got some fucking rage stories for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like they just, they just... And they always, every time they bring out a game, they're, they're doing the whole thing, like, from the creators of Doom, from the people who created the FPS genre... And it's like, what have you done for us lately, man? Fucking yeah. shit game after shit game. All those guys have left. <laughs> and what was their last good game? Quake 3, right? Uh, yeah. No, or they Quake did. Blood. Didn't they work on some of the Wolfenstein games? No. No, that was Splash Damage. Uh, okay. They outsourced it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Quake Live was good. But even though uh, it was yes, kind of like, but that was Quake Three. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Just, yeah, it was Quake. I mean, I actually remake of that game was pretty good. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like I felt like Quake Live was a technical achievement when it first came out because it was like, oh my god, you can do this in the browser. That's amazing. But yeah, design wise, it was just Quake Three. You just described it in a nutshell, though. Technical achievement. Yeah, technical achievement. Not too focused on design. Resting on their laurels when you know a technical achievement was all you needed to be amazing, and, and that's what happened with um, Doom Three. I mean, I, I wrote a had to do some research last year for a Quake versus Doom piece, um, and sort of discovered that Doom Three was this time when they were like they didn't want to lease out the engine, and it kept getting delayed, and that's when Unreal's engine started to get dominant mm-hmm. because everyone was waiting for this doom thing that looked amazing it looked so good and they're like yeah can we have it and they're like no no we're not giving we're not leasing out our engine until we've released doom 3 so they yeah. just went got unreal engine <laughs> they're like completely fucked themselves and obviously mm. i i fucking hated doom 3 i don't know about you guys but I, I, it was fine yeah with a duct tape mod i'm sure it's good but like i couldn't get over the choose a flashlight or a weapon i'm like this is yeah. life Guys, you this know. was a bit more horror-y focused. Yeah, but I don't think it was good horror. I thought it was cheap horror. Mm. Like the cheap scares and the enemy's going to spawn behind me in this corridor and you just got used yeah. to that pattern. They took my baby. You remember that bit? No. no. <laughs> you follow these bloody footsteps. Back on jungle anyone. Yeah, I remember it. They I took his baby. Uh, a good... Yeah, they took my baby. I think uh, marriage will be a baby. 
I wanted a good multiplayer engine. Yeah, it was it was like four player, wasn't it? Because of the, the the engine being too amazing, they couldn't have more than four people originally, <laughs> and they upped it to eight on the expansion. I think once technology. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking what a joke. We had thirty two <laughs> slots, but um, twenty eight of those slots were taken up with our awesome engine. <laughs> and it's got to come a point where you're like. Yeah, eye candy doesn't matter as much as the gameplay, and fuck them, and they embrace that for Doom, which I don't think is particularly pretty. Um, <laughs> finally, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I- it, was, it wasn't on my computer. It wasn't pretty, and like Dave wanted me to take some high res screenshots, and um, like I didn't think it was solely my computer, but I did. I had my own computer problems, which meant I couldn't take high res screenshots. Uh, I kept on trying to get these six eighties and SLI work, and. Um, we busted one of the video cards, so I just had one 680 running. That's uh, just got to chew it up. I thought you had a new computer, John. Yeah, I know, but I wanted two 680s in SLI, and it just like it's been a big long thing, and now it's just not working. So I'm just going to get a 970. Um, but I could not take. Wait for any the tens, hybrids. man. Nah, hmm? you may as well just get a fucking 970 if you're playing with a single fucking 680. Jesus. Yeah. How long, like, how long until the 10s come out? Like, a couple of months. It's too, this year, too isn't long. it? Nah, fuck huh? that. Wait for the 10s. Totally. Oh, think, it's a 970. This but I need to record... I want to play stuff on high and record. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But, like, if you can okay. wait a couple of months, man, like, that's all the rumors that are coming out about this next generation, both AMD and NVIDIA cards. It's going to be fucking insane. I can't wait. And I've got a 980, and I'm even considering upgrading, which is just... You're fucking bananas. <laughs> oh, you're on you upgrade? At the same time, we'll do it. You know what I'm going to do, Joe? Uh, I'm going to... I feel fucking stupid. I'm going <laughs> to do a video of me pissing on my 980 instead of, like, selling it. It's going to, like, piss all over it. Like, oh, look at this garbage. <laughs> and send it to you, buddy. This hot, wet garbage. Fucking <laughs> 980. Yeah. Um, anyway... We should uh, move on. Yeah, Being sorry. that, yes, we are on a time crunch. Shall we move on? Sure. Okay. Anyway, what else I like you got? Him. Don't ask me. Ask someone else. <laughs> uh, okay. um, I'll talk about Stardew Valley quickly. Has anyone ew. else played this? No. Ew. Uh, I have played Harvest Moon before. Okay. Is that what it is, basically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, like, everyone was talking about this game and being like, it's amazing. Um so that I'll check it out. I've only played about two hours of it. It's a harvesting RPG game with combat, maybe in it, um, where you set up a farm and uh, grow seeds, and you take the plants and sell them, and then kind of evolve from there and keep going. Um, and every day you do like tasks, and you've got a certain amount of energy um, before you kind of get tired and have to go to sleep and start the next day. So uh, yeah, it's this very RPG-like game where you um yeah where you go around harvesting plants and all this other stuff but i think there's a lot more to it than that i'm i'm only quite new into it but yeah i've heard there's like combat and dungeons and all these other weird quests you can do and um it just seems very deep from a, a game that's been made by i think one person mm. um, which i think is why it's getting a lot of praise at the moment so uh, yeah, I haven't gone too deep into it, mainly because of, of Dark Souls, but uh, it seems like something I'll probably get get into once I get some more time. But uh, I was hoping someone else had played it so that they could maybe talk a bit more about it, but otherwise, um, I'll keep on moving. Jung said, ew, what was that? Looks, looks yucky. <laughs> oh. 
this fidelity whore. <laughs> you fucking, imagine how it'd run on your fucking 680. <laughs> I bet I'd get 20 frames. <laughs> Look at those sweet 20 frames. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Cool, let's go on. At the event last night, the Dark Souls event, mm. they had a uh, machine running with 4K, about 52 frames. 52? Yeah. Not quite was 60, not, but... Was it not Steven's uh, dual Titans? It was. It was exactly his. And it wasn't, it wasn't running 60 frames at 4K? Well, apparently this apparently it was his, but apparently this machine only had uh, one Titan in it. Oh. So I don't know why, but... Only one $1,000 card. <laughs> it was beautiful, though. I mean... Yeah. Everyone, like, because especially after you play for a little while on the um, PlayStation, you know, you get the 1080p 30 frames with yep. the occasional dip in the late game areas. And then you go and watch this thing on the massive TV. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful, man. Which which one was this? Was this in the, the projector room where you guys were or the one in the... Uh, no, no. It was in the main gaming room, just one of the TVs. They had the PC hooked up. and Yeah, yeah. We were playing on that one. I didn't realize it was for. Oh, did you come? Yeah, I was there, man. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't see you. No, because you were busy all night. Yeah, I was at the station. Yeah. Anyway, are we talking about Dark Souls 3 then? Or shall we leave that till last? No, do it, do it, do it, do it. I mean, I just talked to about Doom for an hour, so. <laughs> kind of. That's true. Yeah, all right. We can talk about it. Um, we're not going to talk any spoilers at all. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so that's Dark Souls 3. Um, deliver <laughs> us the moon. You are. Are you being for serious? Or you're not going to talk Dark Souls? How, how the fuck do we not talk spoilers? <laughs> um, no, the game is not out until next week here. Did you not read my review? No. Everything's a spoiler. Did you seriously not read my review? You're a piece of shit, Luke. Christ. <laughs> I, I didn't read it. I, magical. I scrolled to the okay. comments and uh, the score. Yeah, I read the score. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I didn't read it. I just tweeted it because I felt obliged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I asked you about it, so it was just awkward. <laughs> well, let me yeah. say then that I'm going to... I have pitched and it has been accepted for PC Power Play website for me to write a filthy Dark Souls scrub newbie perspective of yeah, uh, Dark cool. Souls thing. And the pitch included, John, you'll be very happy to hear, uh, that I'm going to watch your video that they released. Oh, cool. Uh, co released. So I'll treat that as training. I might even be a bit sneaky and Joe abuse that comment that you made on your review about what newbies should start with. Although that might be cheating, I don't know. Um, Which is and I'm going to give it a crack, so? give it a good hard crack, and um, yeah, see if I like it. I have had brief encounters with Souls games in the past, and they haven't resonated with me. Um, but I feel like I'm missing out. I, it's it's, it's yeah. total FOMO because, mm. like, you know, I I like to game. I like to game seriously, and I feel like there's this kind of genre that that sounds like it's aimed at me, but. I'm the problem, is what I'm saying. It just takes some doing. Like, you, you can't, you know, as Joby said in his thing, it's like, you can't just half-ass it. Yeah. You got to sit down and... You got to sit down and thing. have a crack. <laughs> so what, what does that mean? Like, are you talking like a time commitment or a frustration commitment? It's Both. a time commitment, yeah. <laughs> how, how long? Uh, you're looking uh, at probably maybe 80 hours, I would say. 
You're saying, you're saying I need to put down 80 hours. No, no. Before, before, I think before you can really decide whether or not you're in or not, I yeah. think you need at least, I don't know, six hours. I don't think it's worth, like, I, I don't think... <clears throat> If you allegedly spend six hours and you allegedly. can't be, <laughs> and you can't be the first boss in Bloodborne, then yes, put it down and it's not for you. Okay, if that is if that is actually what happens to you, you spend six hours of that game and you can't be the first boss in Bloodborne, then uh, put it down and walk did away. This happened. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> did happen. <laughs> Tonight. Not to me. No. To, uh, Who did that happen? Survival. Oh. Okay. I would say going from A to B, like someone who's played Dark Souls before could beat it in 30 hours. Um, but that's yeah. not seeing any of the hidden content. And um, a lot of this, this one, number three, a lot of it is hidden. Like a, a gross percentage of the game is hidden. Um, so... I, yeah, I, I was actually like, I was telling Joby, and I was like reading a lot of the reviews thinking it's pretty important for these reviewers to see some of these hidden areas because um, it's just such a large, some of them are so huge and it's not just areas, but it's like quest lines and dialogue and all that. It's just like, I missed it through, in, in my first few playthroughs, I missed most of it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I started exploring some more and... Um, being a bit scientific about it and then you know the japanese reddit helped as well um so i've been constantly having my mind blown ever since yeah it's pretty essential yeah i think what we'll do is we'll talk very basic for the moment we're going to do our actual dark souls uh podcast later on once the game's been out probably the next week or the week after yeah Um, yeah yeah proper proper cast whereas we'll talk very basic mechanics um kind of you know what's in the yeah. game what we like what we didn't like but not not story beats or areas and that sort of stuff boss strats yeah 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 that stuff we'll yeah, dive yeah. into in a couple of weeks can I describe weeks. my uh, early game strat for noobs though if if you want I don't know I'm sure there's people that don't want to know anything about it like the yeah, same well, sort of thing where, as, as I did I, w- I went in not wanting to know anything about it sure skip uh, two minutes in two minutes from now so, if you want a really good start to Dark Souls 3, if you feel like you're a noob and you want a really good start, then um, what you want to do is you want to beat the Crystal Lizard before you beat the first boss. So, when you start, you'll turn right, uh, just pretty much follow the walls right until you get to a big, giant Crystal Lizard. Kill that. Um, and uh, he drops a Titanite scale, but uh, you want the Titanite... Uh, shard that's near him uh, instead and then you go beat the boss and then you kill a samurai that's next to the uh, next to the filing shrine on the left of the filing shrine the and master uh, and you get the uchi katana and uh, and then you kill next to where you get the longbow you kill the uh, big I don't know the hollow that turns into sprouts extra shit you kill that uh sprouts a bunch of black shit you kill that and you get a titanite another titanite shard and you go straight to a uchi plus one which is a spectacular start to the game um why are you killing the crystal lizard 
to get oh, the you should, you should shard. to get the Titanite shard, but you might as well fucking kill it. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably just run and get it. What? Yep. You guys are pussies. You're a noob. It's just that you like the crystal gives you Titanite scale, and um, I just haven't really had a boss weapon that I want to stick with and mm. upgrade. I've tried out a few, but um, yeah, no, I've been. You, you can the, get. Um, got the dancers swords to plus five. They're pretty fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I really yeah. like them. They're, they're more. Gorgeous. They look good. Yeah, but they do. They do a fair chunk. I mean, they're as good as a. Uh, Uchi plus five, I think. Mm. I think. Mm. Uh, they do bleed well, as well, so. Yeah. They do yeah, bleed, magic, the, fine, so. If you start with a fire gem and you yeah. put fire on the Uchi as well, it's a, it's a pretty good start. Yeah, it's yeah, that's the hard that's to go past that. that. The um, weapon I'm using at the moment in the early game is uh, it's a bit more hidden, but. Um, it's sort of in the, the area where you find your first Estus shard um, on an anvil. It's like at the bottom of a tower. Um, and in that building, like if you sort of like roll through some uh, crates, you'll get to a hidden chest, and there's the Astora straight sword. Um, oh, yeah. And if you put raw on it, it requires 12 faith, but it doesn't scale with faith, so like you just get 12. Um, yep. And then you put raw on it, uh, upgrade it. It does great damage and then with raw you can still put resins on it so um you're doing like insane damage to uh abyss watchers and um crystal sage yeah the damage i was doing to crystal sage was just fucking insane it was gross um yeah that's what the speedrunners are doing though because they're like basically if your weapon's raw and you don't have to dump anything for scaling you just dump all your points into health and stem. You just get obscene amounts of health and stem and then get your raw weapon plus 10 and put resins on it and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes cool. sense. Cool. All right. That's it. No more spoiler talk. Sorry. <laughs> we'll do uh, that. Sorry. We'll do that soon. Again, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it's. It started to feel... Uh, sort of derivative to me, but then it suddenly like it was feeling sort of like a copy of a Dark Souls game for a, a little bit uh, in the middle, but then it really sort of captured me as its own sort of thing, and it made me like look back and I realized that a lot of what I thought was derivative was simply designed to remind you of those like elements of Dark Souls so that it could play with those elements of Dark Souls, which I thought mm-hmm. was really good. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a brilliant game. I think it's way better than Bloodborne. Um, yeah. It's very familiar. Like, it doesn't do too much new. It stays very true to the other games. Um, like, they tinker with, with things like... Uh, the hollowing system where now you don't um you know you're not losing health every time you die uh you know they throw in an extra stamina meter or extra bar in there for you to kind of play with for your combat but other than that it's kind of very similar it's very familiar nothing has really changed drastically 
um, which is why you can kind of come into this as a as a Dark Souls player and just fit right in and kind of know what you're supposed to be doing and where to where to kind of go. Um, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. But but also I, I can see how people out there might be a bit disappointed in it and saying that it it doesn't do too much new. But um, but I still feel like it's a it's a brilliant game as well. Yeah, I thought it was shit. Yeah. Yeah, but you got. Yeah, you're not very good. (laughs) Um, I I didn't even play it. Um, I just watched my favorite new streamer, Luke Lowry. (laughs) You were watching, yeah, you were watching. While I'm I'm at the escape room, I just watch Luke. (laughs) 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 He gets me through my day. Um, (laughs) Giving me terrible advice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that chest's definitely not a mimic. It's got great loot. (laughs) Go for it. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, probably unsurprisingly, it's my game of the year so far. It's April. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's so just fun. like, it's just like last year, this year's peaking early. Um, yeah. you know, I've said it before, like last year, um, we had, uh, oh, Witcher. What was it? yeah, Witcher, Witcher and Bloodborne <laughs> in the first part of the year. And, um, I said it in the first part of the year, I was like, these two are going to be the the, the com- competitors for game of the year. Mm-hmm. And so this time around, like this year, I think XCOM two is like probably going to be a, a strong game of the year contender. Yeah. And, um, dark souls three, is it for me? Um, I don't see on the horizon. Course. <laughs> What's that? Firewatch, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I was a bit like before the witness came out, I was wondering, Oh, could that maybe, be a no. contender, but no, I think it's so far for me. It's XCOM two and Dark Souls three, and uh, I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to knock Dark Souls three off for me that I I can predict. But um, yeah, it's just too like I, I thought it was a nice pickup in your review, Joe. That um, it did sort of play with you on a meta level, um, and you know you'd, you'd think you'd know what was around every corner, and then it would play with that and give you something different sometimes. Um, it's not perfect. I I thought that it leans super heavily on Dark Souls One. Yeah. Uh, barely mentions Dark Souls Two, mm-hmm. and um, like you know, at first glance, like just looking at the face of it, it looks like Miyazaki is a fan of Miyazaki, <laughs> and um, it's just sort of that middle bit is just like you're not allowed to talk about it at From Software. Um, which is a shame because I love Dark Souls 2. I thought there's, there's some things that Dark Souls 2 does better than Dark Souls 3. Um, Dark Souls 2 boss fights were a lot more arena focused. Um, you've got the sort of like the Lost Center with the light. You've got Mitha with the poison. You've got yeah. the Flexile Sentry with the water. Uh, it was a lot more focused on the arena and there's different ideas in the boss fights. Whereas uh, this one is a bit more bloodborne and that each boss fight sort of ticks down to about 50%. And the boss goes, now I'm angry, and just has like a bit of a different move set. Yeah, um, it's still done very well. Like, you know, the it, as the series goes on, it gets more and more polished, but it gets less and less experimental. Mm. And um, there's still some mind blowing shit in this one. Yeah, um, yeah, there is with the NPCs and stuff. Like, the, but there's some stuff that returns from Dark Souls One that I think was extremely well handled, and it does have a place there. And um, it's there for a reason and a good reason, and I'm glad it's there. And like all the Dark Souls One players are going to shit their pants when they see it. But then there's some like a couple other things where I'm like, this is fan service. 
this is I, I don't see any other purpose for this other than fan service um, and Vati disagrees with me on that uh, and the, the, the specific examples that I gave of that um, he told me that I should see those through to their conclusions which I haven't done yet um, and he said you know sort of all will be revealed and, and that there are good reasons for them to be there so you know there's still more for me to do and um, you know when I take those quest lines to their completions then maybe maybe I'll change my opinion on it but for the moment I'm just like oh man this is <laughs> this is purely there for uh, Dark Souls 1 people to shit their pants and they probably will they'll probably enjoy it there, um, there's one thing in it that I think there's fucking no way uh, it isn't fan service. And I'm pretty sure it's in... I think we can talk about it because it's in the bits that were allowed to be streamed for the last fucking four weeks, so... Oh, the last forever. Yeah. Uh, but even, like, with the embargo, you're allowed to stream the first three <laughs> sections of the game, right? So, Well, yeah. you can stream the whole thing now. Yeah, obviously you can, but, like, before embargo, mm. you're allowed to stream the first three sections. Mm. Um, and Sigurd was in like those, that part. I can't yep. imagine how he isn't pure fan service. He only yep. exists. Well, that's that's the main example that I'm thinking of. Um, and I honestly, when I see him, I cringe because I'm like, there's, there's actually no reason for him to be there. And even when you sort of try and explain the, you know, the you try and. Uh, justify some of the stuff with the uh, the blending worlds and times of Dark Souls and the the land of Lothric and Lordran. Even with even with that sort of you know backing this uh, in terms of justification, there's just still no reason for uh, a guy to be there with the same armor and the same voice and the same attitude from the same kingdom when we've established that there are cycles. And Dark Souls in Dark Souls Two, like all the stuff from Dark Souls One was the stuff of legend, and people could barely remember the names. Yet in Dark Souls Three, you have people from these kingdoms that are still apparently there. And um, you know the fact that he's the exact same, like he's just got a different name, but he's this the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I cringe when I see him. But anyways, that's the one where I was talking to Vati, and he was like, "Oh, have you completed his quest line?" And I'm like, "No, I've only done stage one." Um, and he's like, oh, you should complete it and you might change your opinion on it. Um, so I'm yet to do that. And there's like a couple others as well, like a couple other returning people where it's like, oh, so the kingdom of Astora is still, um, it's still there, is it? I don't see how that's possible, but, um, I guess so. I mean, I can see why, you know, uh, certain other things are there. And like I said, other things are like very well handled, but it's just mm, that one thing. <laughs> but like there's one thing later on with Sigward that I do like and that I won't spoil um, it's just cool yeah. it's sort of like middle-ish through the game um, and it was a nice touch but um, yeah there's, uh, the, you could do sort of like a, a playthrough in Dark Souls 3 with each person's quest line like you could sort of pick an NPC and, and go this playthrough is going to be about this NPC's quest line and it would still be a fulfilling playthrough. Yeah. Um, it would just be like you're you and them, like you're taking a part in their story. And if you wanted to, you could try and do all the NPC quest lines in one go, I guess, but that's pretty freaking hard. Like yeah, that- it's pretty hard to even find them or figure out what to do. 
Yeah. And wouldn't... I don't know. I, wouldn't one of them conflict? I guess it wouldn't, because he always dies anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, never mind. Um, no spoilers. Um, no spoilers. But there is some, like, I would recommend, like, when I say, like, a, a, a gross amount of the game is hidden, um, mm. part of that is because, and a large part of that is because some of these NPC quest lines have, like, these branching paths mm. where you have to do very specific things to access them. And they they have, like, like the fact that they're so hidden, but the fact that they're so huge is, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, like, they're not small things. They have big, big implications. Yep. Um, yep. But, you know, if you weren't, like, online, then <laughs> you yeah. have no fucking idea. And I think that's the, like, that's where they differentiate between 2 and, and this one. Like, 2 was very, um, it was kind of like it would branch off into different areas. Like, you would go to one place and then that would kind of have a dead end, but you'd go somewhere else. Whereas this one is, is quite linear in terms of your locations that you do go to with a couple very small handful of um, optional areas but it's the the quest lines that are, are very um deep and kind of go off into different places mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the thing where you have to go and discover um but the the actual locations are you'll, you'll probably find them most yeah. of the time um there are one or two very obscure ones that you you might need to look up but otherwise you'll pretty much see everything you need to in terms of areas yeah, I think someone was saying it on the stream last night at the Dark Souls event. Just you know, play it, do your own playthrough first. Uh, mm. Find what you can find. Make that playthrough all your own without looking up anything. Yeah. And then when you're ready, when you're done, uh, then get online and then join the community of people who are all sort of talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's contributing something, and they're all going, "Well, I found this, and I found that," and then they're together, they're figuring it out. It's just a little bit of a shame that. Some of the global community already has a bit of a head start on that. Um, yeah, I think that sucks. I think that's yeah. a bad, bad decision on their part. That was it a, is, a really terrible decision. It's a bit of a fuck up. Like, I mean, it's just like it. Like, the, I mean, by April twelfth, when it like actually comes out, we It'll might be have, solved. <laughs> yeah, like most of the stuff's going to be figured out. Yeah. Um, if you jump on, like, I mean, so far a lot of the spoilers. Like, if you go on Reddit, there's like a normal Reddit for Dark Souls three, and then there's um. I read it for people who are playing the Japanese version but speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't go to the Japanese one. Um, there's like spoilers aplenty in all the the, the headlines and stuff, but the yeah. normal one seems fine so far. It's just it's just like you're like you'll be fine, and you'll you'll just be like puzzling it out with all the other people who have you know um, abided by the the proper release date. But um, it's just kind of sucks that you you know other people have um, gotten there first and they've they've been puzzling it out already for a couple weeks and then you know i hate the idea that someone's gonna come up with a really cool lore idea and they're gonna be passionate about it and excited and they're gonna jump on a forum or reddit and they're gonna go hey guys 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 like uh i think i figured this out like what if uh this is actually solaire or something and um then you know someone's gonna post afterwards going no 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 that was already debunked someone already brought that up a week and a half ago like sit down <laughs> like that that just sucks that that's gonna happen yeah to, to, to the point that uh you know playing it on your own and, and doing your own thing though nate don't feel like you have to do that man like don't yeah. feel like you have to play all on your own and never work out anything if you just want to go through and use the wiki then fucking don't feel like you're not allowed to you know 
Oh, what did some... you guys do the first time? Like, I'm assuming at some point you guys were like, oh, I've heard a lot about this Dark Souls game and I probably should play it. But, yeah, what, so, were you, so what was your approach? For, for me, because Dark Souls 2 was the first one that, that I went through, um, like, properly, uh, I think it came... We, we basically played it um, during its release. So, a lot of the information was very new and kind of we were trying to figure it out as we went. So we were actually talking to each other as we were going and, and trying to figure that out. Um, and because like I mentioned, like that, that game, you could kind of sort of go to different areas and you, you had to, it was best to go to one area first and another area. Um, so you would kind of have to talk to each other and figure out where you should be going and kind of what you're doing and that sort of thing. But this one doesn't really do that. You can kind of, it kind of leads you to the next area as you go. So you're pretty safe on that end. The stuff you're going to have problems with are, are just like your um, maybe how to defeat bosses or strategies um, or what uh, what certain things like NPCs will do and that sort of stuff. Um, but I, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a choice that they made to kind of make it not as obscure like in the, the main content of the game. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. in Dark Souls 1, you could 100% from the sort of starting safe area, you could 100% walk your way into easily one of the most dangerous areas in the game. Uh, yeah. Like, you, lots lots, and lots of people did it, like, constantly. So, I think I was one of those people. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's by design, isn't it? That was by design. That's not the case in Dark Souls 3, so you don't have to worry too much about yeah. that. This one's more linear. Like, the first time I played Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, uh, my brother had already finished it, and he convinced me to get it. And I was, like, at the end of my fucking tether with it. I'm like, fuck this fucking game. This fucking Black Knight will not fucking die. I kill everyone else, and this fucking Black Knight... And uh, my brother's like, we'll just fucking run past him. And then it sort of progressed from there. Like, once he started talking me through shit, I sort of got the experience of, of leaning heavily on the wiki uh, without actually leaning on the wiki. I was sort of just using him as my fucking Sherpa guide to talk <laughs> yeah. through shit. Uh, so he'd be like, oh, yeah, if you, you, know, if you want to kill this giant fucking pig, uh, maybe you should stab it in the butts and uh shit like that um or you know try to light it on fire or whatever the fuck um so i like my first dark souls experience uh i actually tried once before and failed miserably and gave up uh tried the second time with the sherpa had a lot of fun and got completely addicted to the point where yeah dark souls 2 uh played alongside luke bloodborne um i there were three people with it uh, when it first dropped. Um, it was me and Mark Serrells and Adam Matthew, and we were the only ones with it. We made a fucking Facebook group so that we could lean on someone for some sort of fucking <laughs> idea about what to do about that fucking machine gun prick at the top mm. of the town Bloodborne. Uh, Dark Souls 3, Jung had already finished it, so anytime I got fucking... Well, that's that's been my my experience has been a little different i mean like when i every time i play it i go in media blackout and i do a run sword and board um which i think melee is the the sort of pure souls experience and then um you're giving me shit about playing a mate 
Yeah. You cheesy motherfucker. Um, and then I just do it all, all myself, try to find as much as I can find. Then maybe do another playthrough, you know, whatever I feel like before jumping online and starting to figure more stuff out. Uh, and Dark Souls definitely had to rely on the wiki, especially for crafting and like what metals were used to um, reinforce what weapons and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's from Dark Souls 2 onwards. Uh, it was like I, I had earlier access to the game than anyone in the world. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to not only like, they said that we were going to get communication from Japan and number two and number three, but we never got it. (laughs) Um, so we had to like just test shit out and be scientific for the, uh, the tutorial guide. And, you know, so we can actually say some concrete things and give people some tips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the cool thing that I got to, I guess, experience this time was that, um, I played on on PC, uh, and there weren't too many people. I, I don't think playing on PC at the time. So, because um, these these games are very community driven, you can leave messages for other people and that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I was kind of getting to areas where there weren't any messages, so I would go in and figure stuff out, and then leave stuff around the place, like you know, be wary of left or um, be wary of chest because it's a mimic or like that sort of stuff. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool because then you'd come back like a couple hours later or, and, you know, all these people have rated your messages because now they're up to that spot. Like, I hadn't quite experienced that part before of, of kind of figuring it out for yourself and, and helping other people, which I thought was pretty cool. Did you mm-hmm. troll anyone? Leave any troll messages? I or did. Dicks? Yeah, there was one spot where I put a, um, like, a jump here message and it was just a fucking cliff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, like it looked like there was something there, like a ledge you could get to, but when you would jump down there, it would be like an invisible wall. Yeah. Uh, so I just put one there, and I thought that was pretty trolly. I think it got like last time I looked, it was like eight, eight approvals or something stupid. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> the um, amount of like the, those types of messages must go like up and down heaps, like heaps of yeah. ups and heaps of downs. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I just I mostly just leave messages about fatties. I'll find someone who's fat and I'll just be like, be a fatty. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know why. It just amuses me. NPC shaming. <laughs> You're that yeah. guy. <laughs> I, I actually got a couple um like gorgeous views in there as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's usually oh, yeah. like you get there and say, like, oh, it's fucking taken already. <laughs> yep. I usually do uh, that for yeah, a so, I mean, I think the, the takeaway though is that ultimately – yeah, you don't have to feel like you're not allowed to ask look at the wiki or anything, yeah. man. Like, just yeah, well, ask us. You know, we're we're here, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, like we were, we were, we were. I did, I didn't ask for any help from these guys, but I think Job and I were talking to each other one night, just and me being like, "Yeah, don't tell me anything," um, yeah. and him being like, "Where are you at?" <laughs> and and me describing the air, and he's like, "Yeah, stop fucking with me. Like, where are you seriously?" Yeah. Um, and it was somewhere he hadn't been yet. Like that sort of stuff is really cool where um, – and it was like a weird place where you – I had I'd actually found it accidentally, this area. Um, so, he kind of ran over there and we were kind of doing it together, uh, which is kind it of – It was – oh, man. I, we'll have to make a note so we can talk about that because I still thought he was trolling me <laughs> even after I'd done what I needed to do to get down there because I thought it was just – I thought it was like fucking jump here bullshit that, I thought I was getting fucked with. Um, yeah, it was shit. Um, but the most confusing part about that was that I'd already finished the game and I was pretty sure I 
knew about the secret areas that were secret areas or are considered to be secret areas. And so, yeah, when Luke's on about this other fucking place, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I've done everything in this game, okay? <laughs> you can't fucking take this from me. And then, yeah, it turns out, yeah, no, there's a giant fucking area that I... That's a pretty safe assumption with Luke, though, right? That you're being trolled most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I don't, I don't think I was wildly off the mark to assume it up front but uh yeah. Mm. um uh, yeah so yeah i thought that was pretty funny uh i also i i did help a couple people um uh i helped uh paul verhoven take down a couple bosses oh, which yeah. was pretty fun um because I, I didn't really have any experiences where i needed to call in help um yeah during the the main bosses they were kind of um yeah i didn't i didn't have the trouble that i had with dark souls 2 because it was kind of my first take at it and you know dying 40 times to a boss because i had to try and figure that out and i was quite new to it and that sort of stuff whereas this time i kind of had an idea of what i should be trying to do um but yeah we we jumped i jumped in and helped him a couple times which is was pretty fun um, can we talk about bosses that gave us problems without spoiling shit I the the only bosses like I had problems with are the end game stuff, so I, I don't I can't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It was the final boss for me that gave me the most trouble. Well, uh, how does yeah. it compare then compared to all those other games in terms of difficulty? Easier, harder? Yeah, whatever. I uh, so I made a note of this in my review, and it was something I I wanted to be conscious of before I actually started was. Um, how hard would this game actually be considering I've played the last one and then went through that whole learning curve? Yeah. Um, and I think the difference between uh, like Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne have two very different fighting styles as well. Like the combat is completely different. So going into Bloodborne, you kind of have to relearn how to play the game again because mm. you, you, you can't block, you've got to parry. Um, it's yeah. a lot faster pace. Like it's uh, when we played that, it was we had an idea of the style of game, but the combat is vastly different. Um, so I went in with a, like a death count. Every time I died, I would put a stroke down on a piece of paper, uh, and then, you know, kick back into it. And, and then by the time I reached the end of the game, I had 140 something, uh, I, I reached 140 deaths. Um, and one of the first thoughts I had was like, was that, was it too easy? Did I feel like it was too easy? Cause that was something I was thinking of like, yeah, it was kind of actually pretty easy. Um, but then looking at like 140 deaths and thinking actually that's a fucking lot of deaths for a you know for for most games you'll be lucky if you die in a first person shooter two or three times right during the campaign um so it was a really cool reminder to to kind of look at that and Mm. put it in perspective of like fuck i actually did die a lot because if i didn't have that there i probably would have said that the game was easy yeah yeah Probably I didn't have, I didn't have death counter, so uh, so maybe maybe <laughs> that is it. But uh, I don't I don't know I don't know about I don't know if counting deaths necessarily indicates whether or not the game is easy. I I, I thought it was easy by nature of of not having to learn anything anyway. So yeah yeah yeah. Like I, I guess ultimately yeah you're right. Like it's it's not necessarily an easy game, but it was easy for me. Um, I that felt last like, boss. Yeah. I would rate as top three hardest bosses. Wow, really? Uh, he was a mad dickhole. Um, he was 
He was actually, yeah. He was for me. He was he was super hard. He was a massive dick. But um, still, nothing in the game. I don't think comes close to Smoe and Ornstein. Um, <laughs> I uh, it took me ten attempts to do Smoe and Ornstein the first time I did them because wow. I remember because I only had ten fucking humanities left and oh. uh, uh, options to become human again so uh i could fucking summon someone to help me and i'm like if i fail on this last one then i am going to put this game down and walk away from it for fucking six months <laughs> yeah uh, do it so uh <laughs> so yeah um I, I got away with that one but uh i was relying pretty heavily on the wiki at, at that time so uh, mm. i knew exactly what i needed to do and i summoned someone to help me so yeah um, this guy had solo. I, you know, I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, fucking. Uh, Duke's dear, dear, the Duke's dear Freya. Um, uh-huh. and <laughs> uh, will always be my number one. That was like 140 deaths for you in one boss fight. <laughs> one boss fight, yeah. So uh, nobody's ever gonna fucking compete with that one. But um, see, that's weird. I never really had much trouble with Duke's dear Freya. Um, but it was, just it was NG lost. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I was trying to get that crystal moon greatsword. That's another thing that Dark Souls Two does better. Is NG plus was very different, whereas NG yeah. plus in Dark Souls Three is pretty much the same with extra damage and health bars. Yeah, which I think is just a disappointing approach to NG yeah. plus. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm I think two bosses. Oh, well, I'm at the last boss on my NG plus run. Um, other than a, another secret area that I haven't gone to yet. But in terms of items, um, I really haven't found anything new other than rings with plus one stats. Yeah. Uh, oh, a yeah. very small handful of them at all. No no real new high-powered weapons or armor. Um, yep. So, yeah, that kind of sucks because if I was gonna, if I was getting that stuff and there was some incentive, then I, I probably would go through it probably one more time. But... I think yeah. I'm done. I'll probably get this last boss and then um, just leave my character there and uh, do some trolling once people start getting the game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, I'm just going to make different a runs. mage character. You make a mage. Yeah. I wouldn't Maybe man. a dark mage, a hex mage. It's, uh, mages are tough in this one. Yeah, I figure it would be. So I'd yeah, give that a shot. Uh Dex strength build seems like easy mode this time, huh? Strength, yeah, especially strength, I think. Um, but uh, health, like, yeah, I'm, I like the way they've done the stats this time. Like, I liked adaptability. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the hugest fan of luck, but it, it's it is a viable stat in this one because you got weapons that scale with luck. And they've tied luck into bleed, so if you want to do like a bleed build, then luck is your stat. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So okay. um, you can actually, and you can infuse weapons as hollow, so um, that scales with luck. Um, so you could have like a hollow Uchi and um, be building up bleed, and then you can put a bleed resin on it as well, so then the bleed really procs. Um, but uh, yeah, health has a big big effect stamina has a big big effect there's a lot of stats where it's like they all feel really necessary like i need to have that and then i, I did a vitality run 
just recently where I was just testing it because I think everyone's going to ignore Vitality. Um, but I tried it out where it was just like only Vitality that I was leveling up. It was actually really good. Um, I was taking like next to no damage from all the bosses and stuff. Um, and it was mainly because uh, you can't upgrade your armor this time around. Mm. Um, instead, what they've done is they made the armor stats uh, scale with your Vitality. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, like if you've got double the vitality of someone else, like your armor is going to be twice as effective. So um, you don't need to upgrade the armor because it's like it's kind of automatically upgraded as you upgrade that stat. Um, but yeah, when it's when it's a high stat, like carry more as well, it increases your equip load. Yeah, that's right. And if you remain under thirty percent, you get a um, super quick roll, and uh, you know it's only only seventy over seventy percent, you get a fat roll. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was rocking, like, um, just a normal weapon with uh, uh, some pretty heavy armor. I think I had black iron set of armor. Oh, yeah. Um, like, black iron Tarkus. Um, but uh, it was, like, I mean, with the black iron set and with Vitality, um, it was better than having a giant health bar because it was, like, I, I obviously had some stats in health as well, but it's just, like, every time I got hit, it was just, like, ha! That did nothing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whereas before, it might take off more than half. That might be the the, the preferred build for um, PvP, then, huh? Yeah, I don't think many people have tried it out. I think people are just legit ignoring it because of previous experience. Well, because you uh, you do reduce damage in PvP. Uh, you absolutely do that. Um, <laughs> and you have half the Estus flasks, then taking less damage will probably be more preferable than... Uh, yeah. Than I didn't know you had half the uh, Estus flasks. Yeah, yeah, you have access to half your Estus flasks. If you're in... If you're the invader. Okay, yeah. That's all the, also the same with um, with summoning. So if you jump into a, a co-op game, you, you lose half your flasks as well. Oh, shit. They come back when you return, but still... Yeah. Um, I've only done a tiny bit of multiplayer with Joby, and he killed me. <laughs> I got, what? I got the kill. It isn't so. It's true. Oh, it's yeah. true. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, six times. Um, I invaded another dude on the uh, on the path to the final boss fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, you said. Basically <laughs> the dickest move you can make. <laughs> yeah. When I got bumped out, um, I dropped my white soap stone down in front of the door and he summoned me to come help him do the boss fight. Yeah. I thought it was pretty... Uh, I can't believe he, like, he looked. He saw a dickhead in a fucking hood, a stupid thrall hood. <laughs> and he's like, didn't I just get killed by a dude in thrall hood? I can't believe he used an ember right after he got ganked. <laughs> <laughs> I think he he needed it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was ha- he was having a lot of trouble with the fucking boss. I don't, I, I doubt he made it to the. I never mind. Um, you get up with them though. I've got like eighty, so yeah, he <laughs> so loads up. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get. I'm using them every time I die now. Really? I just today. Um, because yeah, just, you finish with like forty. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't Might I use well. these? Yeah. And now that I'm like I'm practicing my speed runs now, and um, it's kind of like you've got a certain amount of resins and embers, and um, it's going to get real hard if you run out. So yeah. um, 
you might as well just like quit the playthrough <laughs> and start again. But I did one right before this podcast, um, and I got it under three hours. So kind of terrible in the global scheme of things, but you know, it was like two hours and fifty three minutes. But I'll get it down. Still, I died heaps. What's, heaps to improve. What's the best time so far? Oh man, for any percent, it's uh, hour and twenty three minutes, and all bosses in an hour and uh, twenty seven minutes. Really weird that there's like only four minutes difference between the two of them. Yeah, that's crazy. How the fuck does that work? Uh, I, I mean, both like, uh-huh. but, yeah. No matter what you're doing, you have to do these runs for uh, metal. So right. um, there's about two stages in the game where you just have to do this big run just to get crafting materials to upgrade your weapon. Right. Um, it's the only way you can like keep up. Yeah. Uh, and then like they were doing what I was saying before, like with the resins and stuff, um, and and raw weapons. And then just dumping all the stats into health and stam. Yeah. So I'm just copycatting at the moment. I'm just doing what I saw the, the pro streamers do. And, yeah, you yeah. know, dying in all the dumb places. And Have you tried to win $10,000? Yeah. What's that? Have you tried a one bar yet? No, I haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, but I'm it's less excited about it because, yeah, it's going to be easier. It's like the deprived class in Dark Souls two and before I had like five of every attribute um, and two it was definitely five of every attribute and this time it's got ten of every attribute so it's yeah. like that allows you to use a lot of basic weapons that you couldn't use before mm-hmm. like the whole thing with two is like you couldn't even use a basic club you had to two hand it because you didn't have the strength and then yeah. you had to swap between that and a shield mid boss fight like a bunch of times uh, with this one it's like you can you have an attunement slot. You can cast all the basic spells. You can use the basic weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the limiting thing is just the gimped health bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's highly doable. Deprived has to be the best starting class, right? There's no question about it. The pirate is that what you said? Deprived. Uh. Deprived is a uh, class where you start with nothing, basically. Everyone else starts with a weapon and armor. <laughs> you start in fucking cloth, sackcloth, and you've got a fucking stick. Why do you mean you best? Do, that? <laughs> do you mean best in terms of like lol best or best because you start with ten stats and everything, uh, and you're level one, so you have ten more potential. Everyone else starts at level twelve or something. So you have 10 potential extra points that oh, yeah. you can get out of... Because uh, you start with the same total stats. Mm. Having 10 in everything is the same as the knight having like 15 in one thing and 5 in another. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, like basically deprived is the best class. So the as levels as, will be cheaper. Yeah, levels are cheaper and yeah, you wind up with more total. By the time you reach a level 100... <laughs> you'll have more stats in everything mm. compared to the knight who reaches level 100. I think the thief is the only one who's close because they start at level 5. For me, have... it's uh, assassin. Why is that? Because the new master key is the spook spell. There's no oh. proper master key. Like in Dark Souls, you always start with the master key as the gift. Yep. Um, so there's no master key this time around, but... Uh, the assassin starts with the spook spell 
Wow. Which not only hides your footsteps and lets you sneak up on people, but it also decreases fall damage. Oh. So um, there's lots of points in the game where you can just fall and skip a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. Uh, so it's not just a good speedrunning thing, but it's like, you know, if you just want to like, um, what, oh, I can't say that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> there's, let's just say there's, there's lots of points where... You know, you're looking down, and you definitely die from the distance. Um, but it would be a good skip, and you just cast spook, and then you just jump, and then it's all good. Yeah, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Hmm. And then uh, there might be like, some them. some keys you don't have to buy, or some enemies you don't have to face, or something like that. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Yep. Um, I'll, I guess just quickly, um, do you guys play on PlayStation or where, where did you guys play? You played PC. So you had problems on the PC, didn't you? It's a bad port, yep. Yeah, I had, I had issues on mine in in a couple areas where the frame rate would drop um, quite a bit between 30, 45 frames per second, um, two or three areas in particular. But otherwise, the rest of it was, was, was pretty decent. But in saying that, I was running on the second highest settings and I've got a pretty fucking huge pc uh, yeah. i think you had more way more problems than i did way more problems it was hard crashing uh unless i put it on all low yeah so uh every time i walked up to a bonfire at the start of the game uh it just hard crashed and like luckily dark souls saves constantly so yeah i wasn't reset too far back but i literally had to basically like i was seriously running up to where the bonfire was without looking at the bonfire and then I turn as soon as I got to where the bonfire was and I hit A so that I could sit at the bonfire so that I could actually register that I was at the bonfire because yeah. otherwise you'd be like you've seen the bonfire crash <laughs> when I'd stand up again I'd have to immediately look away from the bonfire and run away jeez uh, yeah it's pretty dumb um but yeah, so I was having like late game frame rate drops, hectic. Um, I was still playing on low, so yeah, uh, it looked worse than it would have on the fucking PlayStation. Uh, but I was getting sixty frames most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I'm starting to think that in one of the later bosses, I was dying due to frame rate issues more than due to my own lack of skill, but. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that was just a mental crutch that I used to convince myself that I wasn't being shit. Yep. I was pretty much... <laughs> Good jump in there, Luke. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was crashing as well. Yeah. That's uh, weird. I, put, I didn't have any crashes. Yeah. It was the same thing as Joe, where I, as soon as I put all my graphics on to absolute low, then it wasn't crashing anymore. Oh, okay. Mm. But, uh, yeah. No problems with that game, apparently when I contacted someone for support. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that a dig at me? What? <laughs> it was just... Uh, just I didn't get, get it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Didn't happen for me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, should we roll on through? Uh, yeah. Anything else? No? Because, yeah, I guess we'll talk a lot more about that. No, I want to, I want to ask one thing. Sure. One thing. Um, about that point of how hard do you come down on a game? It's a bad port, Joby. 
Like in terms uh, of review yeah. score. I know. I, I knew you were going to ask this. You duck I'm, just, I'm very curious because, like, like I'm sure I haven't read it, but I know that you loved it. I've heard everything you've been saying. It's nothing but like gushing. So yep. that makes it like amazing but then you must be also kind of frustrated when it's a shitty port and you don't necessarily want that reflected in the score but i mean recently gears of war ultimate edition i gave a score that i can't talk about because it's not on sale yet but not a particularly glowing one uh, and a lot of that was to do with technical problems with yeah. the port and also with the fact that windows 10 store games are fucking garbage <laughs> we'll hear more about that in a bit, huh? Um, uh, little spoilers for it, a little prelude. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I I struggle with this for like quite some time. As I like, I always struggle with this shit when I'm scoring a game. But um, yeah, it, it took me a while to work out exactly how I sh- I should like get at Dark Souls Three for crashing repeatedly at the start. It didn't crash once after I set everything to low. So, and the frame rate, like once I once I reconciled the fact that I was just being shit and not dodging properly, and it wasn't frame uh, drop frame rate screwing me out of iframes I deserved. Uh, once, I, like once I got past the part of me being very angry at the game for my own failures, um, it's. I think it's a sign to some extent that my computer is old. Um, no. And Don't say it. I, on the other hand, like, fucking, I play other games that look a lot better on high or ultra, and I don't have frame drops, and it doesn't crash in desktop. So, I don't know, it took me a while. I doffed it half a point. For, uh, for being a shit boy. Oh, and I want to reiterate, because I know that I'm a dick quite a bit, um, that I'm not being a dick in this instance. I mean, like, <clears throat> I play Battlefront still, and I gave that a high score, 9 out of 10, and I stand by that, and absolutely can acknowledge that it was a fucking flawed game, and it didn't have enough content, but I adored it, and I still love it. So, yeah. like, I'm all for backing like saying okay so you're going to read a lot of cons here you're going to read a lot of negatives and that might not be super reflected in terms of like what you might logically or even objectively to use that disgusting term for reviews um mean that oh well i've said this point thus i need to deduct this many things from it like yeah no i'm I'm all for that i just thought that it would be more interesting um for the listeners (laughs) sure yeah look like it was it was like there was internal conflict about it. Like I, I I spent a lot of time trying to work out how how much I should hit it for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, I don't think it impacted my experience that much because the game still looked pretty when it was supposed to look pretty, and ultimately still works. <coughs> yeah, it does still look good on low. Yeah, I mean, and it I guess better on high, but. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, you're also kind of working on the assumption they're going to fix shit, right? There is that assumption, yeah. Uh, that, that yeah, obviously, well, I, I guess not obviously, but, like, with previous experience with the series, they will fix shit. Um, but, but you can't really count on that. Yeah, you can't, you can't. You're reviewing the review code. 
Yeah, no, that's true. But there's also like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have all had instances where you're like, hey, this bit's fucked. And they're like, oh, no, that's in the day zero patch. And, you know, sometimes that's true and other times it's not. <laughs> We've got the day zero patch. <laughs> oh, well, then that's. Uh, yeah, it's like 1.01 on. now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that patch. does happen. Yeah, we got a proper patch, but I don't know. And I think I've also got drivers as well. Um, I think the NVIDIA drivers... Mm. Uh, yeah, they're really some three. Dark Souls 3 stuff. <clears throat> They've got Dark Souls 3 game-ready stuff. Yeah. Right. But, um... Yeah, I think the, I'm waiting on other stuff to be fixed as well. That, uh, I think might still... Because, like, there's some things in the game where I'm really not sure if it's intended or buggy. Uh, poise being a big one. Uh, I've been reading up. Poise is working as intended, man. So they've said that. Is related to another stat this time. I can't remember what off the top of my head, but yeah, poise is, is intended, apparently. Yeah, it's just, it's really weird the way they've done it this time around. Um, yeah. Some people are abusing it to good effect in PvP, but um, it's just, it, it, it kind of goes against the idea <laughs> of poise when you're wearing the thickest armor known to man and then some small ass daggers staggers you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, because I gotta, I gotta wrap up, guys. Okay. Okay. Wasn't well, that convenient? Uh, I suppose. I suppose you might call it convenience, or maybe it's inconvenient that I don't get to talk to you guys more. Hmm. Who's been playing Siege, by the way? Nathan. Me. Nathan. You can't be stopped. It was just uh, like a little test for netcode stuff. To be honest, I didn't really notice any difference. Soz wow. Ubisoft. But not much has changed since we last played, except that like that game is most definitely not like riding a bike. <laughs> oh yeah, you can fuck, fuck man. It takes a it takes well, it just takes a little while to get back into the flow of things, and especially if you've been playing other games, it's hard not to resist the urge to go aggro when you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I right, well, I'm gonna bail out. Um, there is an email, so don't forget to read it. Uh, I'm afraid I won't get to eat, read it. Thanks for writing in, Kevin. Uh, and don't listen to my speak pipe message because I actually came on the show. So listening to me talk for ninety seconds is kind of pointless. Yeah, let's listen to it. Let's do it. I, I haven't figured out how I can get that to you guys, but <laughs> you can pretend you've listened to it. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, don't. It's a great point, Job. <laughs> you are terrible at games. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We'll have fun. Peace out, homies. See you everyone. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank God he's gone. Right? <laughs> Did he leave? No, he's sitting there no. like a junk <laughs> He's listening. He can hear us. <laughs> anyway. All right. Should we... Um, Nathan, you were talking about Star Wars. What about it? You you played some Star Wars, you said. Oh, some Battlefront. I'm, I'm playing it right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably should stop doing that. Uh, yeah, it's it's gone a lot better since launch. Yeah. And by that, I mean they've added more content. They've listened to some of what the communities wanted. I, I guess dedicated servers, not that I'm a tech person, was probably too hard to integrate. Would love someone who is in the know who listens to this uh, podcast to be able to say it's really, really easy so that I can 
you know slam people more about that stuff in the future mm-hmm. um, but they've they've uh, kind of played to their strengths in that the specifically on PC they've uh, moved the matchmaking bullshit to uh, group to buy map or sorry mode size so I love the 40 player modes and what I used to do in the past <clears throat> was be forced to go through the process of seeing if there was anyone playing Walker Assault seeing if there was anyone playing Supremacy seeing if there was anyone playing Turning Point and then restarting if I could be bothered, but now it kind of bundles them all into one and tries to find a game mode that's kind of full within the player limit that you want. Now, bear in mind on PC that nobody is playing anything but the 40-player stuff, which is fine because, you know, it's a dice game and I think they sell when they go all out into the bigger modes. But, um, yeah, I guess now, if you're willing to fork out for the season pass, not that you have to, um, that's just to play the new bullshit maps, which, well, one new map, no, four, I lie, that are small, so they're not even applicable to the bigger modes, but you can still access, as I understand it, the new weapons and star cards, which are, are better linked to this system called HUT contracts, so you're earning money all the time, and for the most part, you're either spending it on bullshit like cosmetic stuff that you don't need or new emoticons and that was it like it hit a really natural peak where earning credits meant nothing so um they've added this new hut contract system where you've got to buy the contract from jabba and then you've got to achieve certain milestones with certain weapons or in certain modes uh, or equipment to be able to unlock a, a new weapon a new star card or the only new ability which no one on PC will ever be able to unlock, unfortunately, because it's tied to a mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've enjoyed that because it's, it's for starters, forced me to play the game in a way that I don't normally play. I'm a close quarters super aggro player, so I've had to stay back and snipe and try a different variety of weapons and tactics in order to unlock these weapons and still have fun. And you can see other people doing the same thing, which was also kind of fun. Um, and the new stuff's it's cool. So it's it's now since launch they've released two free maps. I want to say yeah. On top of the Battle of Jakku, there's two extra maps. There's one extra one on Hoth, which is pretty long line of sights uh, with a cool little cave section, and the second one is a, an Endor map that is much better suited to the Empire because the biggest gripe with um, Endor at launch was that it was very much a disadvantage to be Imperials because you're in white armor running around in trees and the hmm. wearing camouflage. So this one's set during the day and it's got the out a lot more along the line of sights down kind of the centers and the edges as well. So yeah, man, I'm having lots of fun. I actually kind of wish other people were playing it because it's a lot more fun to play with at least one other person instead of the partners. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like regularly find myself sitting there going, I've got half an hour to kill. Um, what I want to do, and I cycle through all the games that I've got, and I end up firing up um, Battlefront. Mm. You cool. guys didn't... You never bought it, did you, Luke? No. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, I couldn't get into the, the bits we played at preview events, and that's those sort of things, so I... Yeah. I, I didn't think it'd have long legs. It's limped on more than I expected, and that's not just... <laughs> community by stretch of the imagination but at least with the new matchmaking system I've been tracking ping and uh, and this might sound a bit garbage, it's never gotten higher than 200 uh, allegedly a 10 millisecond server the other day I don't even know if that's possible with my connection um, but in the past in an effort to try and 
match you up with the game, it would put you in these international servers where there was problems with hit registry. Yeah. Incredibly frustrating. Notice when your hits weren't connecting and your, your weapons weren't doing the kind of damage that they should be. So you're kind of forced to switch to a faster firing weapon just to kind of stack the deck in favor of hit registry. <laughs> which was not fun and was garbage, but it's also kind of settled it down in terms of the community. Um, when I stopped playing for a while, it, and that was before they balanced it, mind you, there was just a group of like really, really new players versus these super hardcore guys who were just using the cheapest tactics. Like They'd found the combination of the overpowered weapon with the overpowered star cards um, and were just using it to kill farm instead of playing objectives and whatnot. And that's always sad to see, but I feel like they've gotten bored and moved on. <laughs> yeah. A little bit like of kind of this community of people who aren't new to the game, who aren't necessarily these hardcore trolls who are just looking for the easiest way just to kill farm. And it's just a bunch of dedicated people who enjoy the game for what it is and want to play objective. Mm. That's good. Did you play it ever, John? No, not really. I mean, I played it at the EB Expo and then... Uh, I was really worried about it, and so I decided to sort of see how the launch went, and then, yeah, made the decision to not do it. The problem with DICE is, like, I think one of their biggest strengths is their post-launch support, and how they do respond to criticisms from the community, and some of the stuff, granted, you look at it, like, why did game shift? Um, but, like, for instance, Battlefield 4, I think it took six odd months for it to get to a decent state and then 12 months after release which is a long time in gaming terms as yeah well, it was like amazing like it was legitimately just silky smooth online with amazing hit registry and the next <clears throat> they had to get their like california studio to fix it didn't they yeah they did and and i guess what they learned from that apart from having to eat a lot of humble pie and losing a lot of face was that they started to integrate uh updates Netcode updates in this instance in every other Frostbite game that was being built at the time. So mm. every bit of Netcode that was happening uh, advent advantageously for Battlefield 4 was going directly into Hardline and was also going into Battlefront. Right. So they've, they've like learnt better ways and they kind of do things slightly better every time. They like, well, But they'll also take a couple of steps back in one area but then take multiple steps forward in another. And I like, just probably won't trust DICE until the end of time. Like just unless they do like a some like a couple of really good launches in a row because it's always been the way with them like i remember back in battlefield 2 man just took them freaking ages to get it right yeah that was that was i've got really rose uh tinted glasses for that game because i remember all the good times but every time someone mentions the launch i kind of have to think hard and go oh, yeah it was fucked the launch and like some of the patches that would you know, make missiles like go around aircraft instead of actually hitting them. Comical shit like that. Yeah, but like again, the same thing. It's such a weird position to be in that they can't like apply the knowledge to proactive game development. That they will get their games to incredible or <coughs> state that they can be in. I don't mean that as like a, a you know, congratulations pat on the battle back award. Like they will legitimately make good games, but that by that time the community's moved the on. So yeah. I have no doubt that a few months from now, especially once the next content drops and they've released some more free DLC and battle 
it will be like in the best form that it probably will get to and then everything after that will just kind of be content gravy uh, mm. for people with season pass but I just don't think anyone's going to be around to try out the new stuff and play it because they will have all moved yeah yeah it's a, they've only got a small window for a lot of people and for me it was like there's, there's other stuff to move on to so and I think at the time I was in the midst of a Heroes of the Storm addiction as well Hearts. yeah <laughs> It's since changed to Souls. Oh, temporarily replaced then. Nah, I think I'm done with Hearts. What? Yeah. Um, they they actually reached. A, it appears to have reached a good stage of balance now, um, because prior or post that shakeup around like January, February, um, or even was it a bit earlier? I can't remember, but uh, shit was fucked for a while, and. Um, Seems to be all good now, but the last couple of heroes have been like really, really by before the nerf situations. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I knew when Souls came out, it was just going to be like, all right, forget this hot stuff. And it's all about Souls, man. Got to win myself $10,000. Allowed to do that? What's that? Uh, are you allowed to win that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm allowed to enter. What? Yeah. Mad hacks. Yeah. But the thing is, like, people aren't going to be copying me. Like, I've had early access to the game, like a lot of people have. But um, the people they're going to be copying are the, the people who already have speed runs up globally. So you can already go watch the YouTube video now of the one hour twenty three minute run, and that's the dude you're going to be copying. That's the dude you're going to be copying as well. Yeah, I'm copying him now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I've already given too much away and what I was talking about before with speedruns. Whoops. Well, you, you can't hide anything in this competition because um, uh, to be a valid entry, you have to have a Twitch account and you have to be streaming it to Twitch under a certain hashtag. And then you have to, um, if it's like a good run, you have to give them the time and give them the link. Uh, they'll put it up on the Bend on Amco AU Facebook page. So it's like not only... Well, people see it on the Facebook page and they can watch it via the link. Um, but while you're streaming, they can just sort of, you know, search for any streams under that hashtag and, um, you know, they can watch you while you're doing it and see all your tricks and stuff. So, but you know what you can do? Mm-hmm. Um, stream it as a private session and then don't post it until like a day before that the event's supposed to. Um, Boom. Really? Can you do that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can still do. Oh, you used to be able to do private uh, private sessions, so you need a password to get in the room. Um, that'd still save your session. And then you just make it public. Yeah, and then you just make it public um, later on. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. See, I don't I know. Switch. Used to be able to, but I, I can't confirm <laughs> if they've removed that or if it's a feature that's um you know only certain people can do that but that used to be something that because we when we were streaming at one stage in twitch we would obviously host a <laughs> private room to make sure things are working um yeah i don't know if that's still a thing but you can check it's worth looking into well i might notify them of that because they might want to put it in the terms and conditions that it has to be public while oh. you're doing it um because i know what they want is that in the spirit of the competition for everyone to be watching each other and they want to sort of like create a community out of it. Yeah. Um, even though like, like people will watch each other and, you know, local people will be like, Oh, what's this person up to and all that. But in terms of like what you're actually going to be doing and getting tips and like strategy, uh, you're going to be watching the global people. 
yeah fair enough all right should we move on yep yeah yeah um i can talk about something i played a uh, collectible card game called magic called magic magic the gathering um shadows over innistrad we sat down and played uh some of this last week with a bunch of people uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had a, a big group of people come along and check out this new um, this new content that's gone into the Magic 2016 uh, edition. And uh, I, I basically sat with two um, volunteers who kind of teach, who, who were like going around teaching people how to play and and uh, what they should be doing. I guess we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um but that was more of an introduction to the game. This one was like a, a here's your cards, um, open up all the packs, see what you get, and then build a deck. Um, so that was something new for me because I've I've never actually built a deck before. I've I've played a lot of Magic um, using the the game that they've released every year, um, a couple of years back, and then I've I've bought cards and whatnot. But I've never actually sat down and and built myself a, a deck and kind of learned how to do that. So that was actually really cool. Um, to open all these cards up and kind of figure out what I needed and what I should be building um, all these cards around. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah, so I can actually I can do that now. That, that's something that's pretty cool. Um, I don't nice. know if I can do it well, but I've got some sort of headspace idea of where I should be uh, where I should be looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this expansion is like a. Um, uh, Innistrad was released a couple of years back and it was, I guess, very well received, received. So they've gone back and, um, and this is like a new version that they're going into. And it's based around like werewolves and zombies and vampires and like humans and, uh, spirits and that sort of stuff where, um, they've introduced a lot of new types of mechanics into the game. Um, things like, uh, into this one, like double faced cards where you'll have like a, uh, a guy and then if certain specifications are, um, are reached then like you can flip him over and he'll now become like a, a werewolf or a, like a vampire or something like that so that's kind of pretty cool oh, I didn't know about that yeah and then each one has their own kind of um, each side has their own stats and abilities as well so they can transform back and forward as the game evolves what yeah I knew about the new sort of mana color colorless yeah the colorless the sort of wasteland and that seemed like a pretty big deal to me i was surprised i didn't hear more noise about that because it's effectively like a sixth mana type in a game that historically has five yeah we we also saw instances of um some land cards that had two mana types as well is that the um, is that the ones where that you like you cast a uh, like an island or something, but it, it ends up being like an island and a wasteland, and it ends up being colorless. Y- yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that was a big deal for me because I played a little bit of it in uh, digital form, just like the Magic Duels thing, mm-hmm. uh, new one that they brought out. Yeah, yeah, it seems like. You know, I was like, why haven't I seen more people posting about this? Like, Magic has a sixth mana type now. It's like, it's a big deal. Yeah, well, I guess this is quite new. It's only just come out in the last, um, like, April. It's launched, so we got an early look at it. 
and kind of the new cards and how how it all kind of works and trying to figure things out. So yeah, that was one thing that they're doing with it, like the the double faced cards, and um, uh, they've got like checklists as well, so you can actually draw that card and then have it hidden away. Otherwise, obviously, people can see it in your hands and kind of what you've got. Um, so they've got these checklist cards that you can kind of mark off and and then uh, put that in your hand instead and use that. Um, oh, yeah. which is cool it just means that you know people can't cheat <laughs> uh, do they know it's something special or the people um, no they don't the other person doesn't know but you'll know because um, if you're not if you don't have the, the sleeves on your cards then obviously yeah. someone will see the back of them so they'll know mm. what you've got so right. this kind of negates that from happening um, and that's like a you, once you open a booster pack, it'll be like an extra card that you get in there, sort of like how you sometimes get tokens or, mm. or land cards. Um, it's just this little extra thing they've put in there. Mm. Yeah. Um, what else is there? They've got new uh, like ability words as well. There was like Delirium, which... Um, what was Delirium? So basically, if you had certain types of cards in your in your graveyard, then it would trigger this type of effect. And the more cards of that, that you would have the kind of, the better the, uh, the ability or spell would be. Mm. So that was something, um, that they've, they talked about. Um, they had like, uh, investigations in there as well. So sometimes when, when you would play a card, um, this spell might cause the character to investigate something and that'll bring like an artifact back and you'll put that on the board. Mm. Uh, and then, as you're playing all these cards and you're building your, um, you're bringing all these clues back as artifacts, you can then either spend those clues and, you know, cause something to happen or, or once again, like build up all of those cards and do it all in one hit and get something better. Mm, um, right. And so specific cards will actually say like, hey, um, once you play this, go and investigate and pull down a, a clue. Right. So it's cool. It's like a, a little quest. For that yeah, card. yeah, and that's like kind of like what I was getting from it. Like, it, like each each time you'd play a card, they would go off and do a quest, but uh, and it kind of say on the card what was going on and what we what what you'd pull back and and that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then like they had specific cards for these quests as well, or for these clues that you would kind of go out and investigate. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it seems cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I. And there's a couple more things in there as well, like some new ability tones. But me being not that familiar with the game and kind of still learning, it's kind of good to have someone, one of these people that is very familiar with it and kind of walk you through it and tell you what some of these things mean, um, which is really cool because, um, you know, I have played a little bit, but sometimes when it's like, it'll say something like lifelink and I'm like, I can't really remember how exactly that works and and how that affects everything like is this how it works and kind of talking to the person and figuring out what like what i should be doing like should i be doing this does that sound like something i should do? And they say yeah yeah that sounds pretty cool do it do it that way if you, if you think that's uh, a good idea um, <laughs> so i played a, a couple games I, I actually won my first game which i was pretty happy about Thanks. yeah um second game i got absolutely destroyed so i was playing one one of the girls there and uh yeah, we, we, it was a pretty close game, that first one. Um, but the second one, I just got destroyed. Like, I was like, where are you pulling these cards from? We just played a game with the same cards, and I didn't see any of these before. Like, what is going on? Um, but, it was, but it, 
I was one of the volunteers there. Uh, but in saying that, um, we actually opened up, I think, two more packs in between and yeah. kind of added and changed things around. I think we, that's what we did. Um, but yeah, that was the cool thing about it. Like I've, we've, I've talked about this before. I think the last time we played at the event, Nathan, uh, we were kind of given preset cards and like you'll play with these ones and this is kind of built to, to work with each other. Whereas this was the one we went into was like, here's a, a, a box of cards, um, open up all these uh, booster packs and, and here's a bunch of land cards and try and make something out of that. Um, and that's the kind of, that's what I like about uh, getting in and playing it. That's the style I like is everybody's kind of new and fresh and they're kind of figuring out as they go rather than, uh, them coming to a tournament with all their pre-built decks. Yeah, yeah, because that's impenetrable and dumb, and <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's more fun anyway to have that thing where you just built it. Uh, like you're, you're figuring it out as you go along. As you go, yeah. And it, th- I know there's a little bit of RNG to it. You know, you can get very unlucky, but also I th- I still think it's a lot more fun way of playing it for a casual person like myself. Yeah, I really wanted to go to that event. Um. But I was delivering the uh, the video for Ben and Emco that day. And oh. I had the escape room. But uh, it sounded really good. It was in a church, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was in a church. So they, <laughs> they decked it out in, um, you know, all this all this gear. At one stage, there was this, like, wild scream that, that would let off in the background. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, they had speakers <laughs> set up with all these sound effects playing and um, all this awesome lighting. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a really cool event. Um uh, and I hope they do more of that sort of thing, like, because uh, getting people out there and kind of learning how to play this sort of stuff is really cool. Because, like, the way I learned was just through the video game. Um, yeah. And I think that did a really good, you know, a, a mm. pretty good job for introducing people. But it's cool to take it a step further and having someone there that has played the game for a really long time. And you can kind of talk to them and and get an idea of some some more advanced strats or how how things will work like in the game you can kind of do something and it may be able to tell you like you can't do that and you're not sure why um yeah so that it's 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 really really handy and, and helpful to have someone next to you and explain things a bit better um yeah and these like the art style and the the cards are freaking awesome as yeah. usual yeah. um you know a lot of uh, you get like foiled and different colors on, on the cards. Like some of them are gold and silver, which means they're rarities. And then you get planeswalkers, which have their own abilities. And like there's all these different tiers of, um, you know, cards that you can get. And, you know, are you going to play a deck that's really front heavy? You just kind of want to smash them all out really quickly, low mana cost. Or do you want to be like a late game, um, you know, really big cards at the end, but you kind of slow, slowly build towards them. Like, there's a lot of strategy involved. Mm-hmm. Were you playing? Uh, did you? Were you learning with the uh, most recent one, the Magic Duels, or one of the older ones, like Duels of the Planeswalkers? Um, I think it was Duels of the Planeswalkers. So yeah, yeah. like 2012, 2013, tw- like it, when they were releasing them every year. But yeah, now, yeah. now they've got that online game where it's just, um, it's just the way yeah. that they keep updating. The new duels one, yeah, they've. I think they've done the best job yet with the tutorial in that one. Okay. Uh, even though the the other ones were kind of like meant for casuals and sort of meant to be an introduction to magic, and you couldn't even build your own decks in those. But this one still, I think, nailed the tutorial. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, that was really cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, Shadows of Innistrad, like head down to your local board game shop or anything, a collectible card game shop. They should have them there. Um, Is it out now? Yeah, it's out now. By the time yeah. you hear this, it should be out now. Um, yes. <laughs> what do you reckon, Nathan? Did you like it last time you played? Or were you on here when we talked about it? Uh, I'm not sure if I was on when you guys talked about it. It was... Um it was alright. It was very fucking confusing, I thought. Okay. Like, that's not to say I didn't like it or anything, like, but, yeah, I was just found it very, um, not like a simple pick-up-and-play style card game. Yeah. Very intricate. I mean, I'm glad we had the handlers there, but, um, yeah, I don't think I won a game. <laughs> I got annihilated. Yeah, I got annihilated that night as well. Um, I got, I think every game I played, I just got smashed. That was my experience. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I've got a... Uh, yeah, like I, I've always enjoyed playing those games, so they're pretty cool. I like mm. them. I know Jung's played a lot as well, so... Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's why, I, you know, I can't really get into Hearthstone. <laughs> it's because once you play the real shit... Yeah. Go back, man. And I guess if you're the type of person, like, if you're listening and you don't, know how to play and you want to learn either check out the online game it does a pretty decent job of, of teaching you or yeah head down to your local board game shop or collectible card game shop and usually they'll have like gaming sessions there um hmm. or they'll be yeah, they're pretty friendly. yeah and just like ask them like what should i be buying or like is there someone that can help me and they will more than be more than happy to to help like to they've all got that attitude of like wanting to get more people in the community it's not like call of duty at all <laughs> like they're not trolls like they they want more people to join they want more people to show up to their events so yeah they're definitely approachable yeah and they've been doing a lot of magic events recently there was one in melbourne um a couple of weeks ago which had a huge turnout i saw some photos from that so um and, and if anything like games like hearthstone are only just bringing people to magic as well hmm because they're, yeah, they're yeah. kind of wanting the more... Gateway. Uh, yeah, the more hardcore version, I would say. Because mm. yeah, there's a lot of... Less RNG. Yeah. There's a, uh, a game coming out. I mean, it's I think it just got kickstarted called Codex um, from a designer I like uh, named David Serlin. And uh, he's been working on it for years. But he intends for it to be like Magic the Gathering, but just... Uh, uh, a standalone thing that never needs any new injections of cards or rule changes or anything like that. It's just you buy it, and um, that's it. Um, yeah, so he he sort of he likes the style of game, but he doesn't like the fact that most of these other games are on what he calls life support, where it just depends on this constant injection of new rules and cards and stuff to DLC. keep it interesting. Yeah, keep you buying and also keep it interesting. Um, and you know, update for balance and stuff like that. Like I think I forget what it is in Magic. It's like if it's two years old, you can't use it in a tournament or something like that. That might have changed, but um, yeah, this one would be just like you buy the set and that's it. You've got the game, nothing else needed. But um, I'm interested in that. I think it just got kickstarted, so uh, I'll be keeping an eye on it. And if it's available, I'll I'll buy it and give it a go. Hmm. Rad. Uh, okay, next up. 
Mm, Deliver Us the Moon. Who's played that? Me! What is this? I've never heard of it. It's a um, little indie title that got kickstarted recently um, by developer from a place that I forget. Apologies. Kyokin Interactive is their name. And um, it's it's an interesting one. It's got a promise as a, an open world uh, experience on the moon. Spoilers. Uh, the short little demo that I played was about 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how much you explore. And you start off on Earth. Um, very little in the way of like interacting with the game world. In fact, there's like no HUD. It's kind of got a dead space philosophy in that you can see the air counter on your back, but that's it. Um, and that's only when there's areas where you are kind of reliant on the suit's oxygen. Um, but it was like cool in that, you know, you're getting over this urge of like feeling like you'd be able to interact with everything and there was no tutorial. So you kind of just dropped into this world. It's, it's beautifully rendered in um, Unreal Engine 4 as well. Um, and kind of on Earth, made my way over to this rocket ship, got into it, and it made me go through like 10 or 15 different little steps, which was just as simple as pressing buttons in the right order. But it was just kind of cool and interactive to, to feel like you're sitting in a, a, a cockpit of a, a spaceship and, and not like you've just gone to a cutscene and now you're on the moon. So it kind of made me feel a bit more involved. Uh, and then getting to the moon, uh, into this moon base, it was really like... It's kind of sparse. There's not a whole lot going on. There's not a whole lot of gameplay going on, but there's these signs that some shit's gone down, some shit's not right. Um, hmm. and, and the opening cutscene, which is also the sort of narrative teaser they've released, uh, is exactly the same as that, actually. It's got a couple of people sort of sending you on the secret mission to the moon to save the Earth from... Like, I think it's got dwindling resources, but you don't know why getting the moon will save anything, but... They they say that it will, and it's it's going to be delivered episodically. It's coming out in August, and I just kind of like love this little world that they created and, and the confidence to create a very sparsely filled environment. Didn't have a lot of gameplay mechanics going on. It was more about sort of exploration without having to worry about horror, um, um, and and it just had this kind of like big narrative drive that. It will obviously depend on how well it delivers on that for you know it to be considered a success. But uh, with the confidence that they've gone into this kind of demo and what they're kind of selling, I'm I'd like. The, I guess the biggest praise that I can give them is that I'm definitely curious to know more, to play more, and to see mm. what comes next. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so check it out. I mean, like, and that's coming from a guy who generally likes games where you can shoot shit. <laughs> um, so this is yeah, very different kind of feel to that. Nice. I like wide open spaces where you can just sort of like enjoy the wide open space. Yeah, and it's definitely that. I mean, the demo ended when you basically got onto the moon's surface after some like little <coughs> entry level puzzling inside to get some equipment and also a little robotic companion. <coughs> um, but yeah, it, it definitely was this hint when you walked outside before it sort of faded to black that this is just like basically the whole moon almost and you're going to have to move between locations. Um, a little bit of research on their uh, prototype stuff suggested that there's also like mining involved and <clears throat> for resources and some survival elements. So yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to put it that way. And I'll, I'll definitely have a look at their first episode and go from there. But, um, 
Yeah, it's it's one of those little interesting titles that that only really captured my attention because of the title. Like I thought it was such a provocative title, like "Deliver Us the Moon." Like, what does that mean? Like mm. that's such a such a random statement, but um, made me want to know more as soon as I read it. Because, as I'm sure you both know, there's like thousands of indie titles out there vying for attention. So, I guess anything that kind of can create intrigue, and then you go and read the premise, and that makes creates more intrigue, is probably a positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the the Midas touch at the moment. If you if you've got that skill, then that bit of writing skill, the marketing skill, man. I try to sort of talk to indies about that from time to time about how like uh, creating interests with like your little blurb on Steam and stuff like that, but also uh, avoiding the traps of just like only talking about what technology the game uses or only talking about story without giving any idea of what the game's going to be like to play and stuff like that. Cause so many games fall into that trap nowadays where it's like, you know, uh, travel to the planet Zorbon and defeat the evil so-and-so and get the three crystals of Zahar Goon. And it's like, none of these <laughs> names mean anything to the player. Um, and they have no idea of what the game is like to play after this description. But I see it all the time. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Nah. nah. And yeah, like anything to rise above the noise. But I think um, tapping into just curiosity is probably one of the safest universal ways for selling anything um, mm. to get people to at least take a closer look at what you're selling. Hmm. Nice. Worked um, on you. What's that? Worked on you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Woo! <laughs> What's uh, Battlefleet Gothic? What's that? That is one of the myriad games uh, <laughs> coming out in the Warhammer space. Oh, um, no. There's, I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> I actually just got an email about another, like a third-person narrative-driven one. Yeah, that's obviously. It. Total War Warhammer, which is the kind of grand strategy uh, turn-based sports with RTS. And then there's this game, among others. Regicide. Yep, and I know of at least one other after that. His name eludes me, I think. But um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, it's 40k as opposed to the sort of traditional fantasy stuff, which I prefer more uh, vicariously. I've never really gotten to the tabletop stuff, but I certainly enjoyed the Dawn of War games. Um, Mm-hmm. And enjoy hearing and learning and, and seeing the kind of iconic um, mythology that they've created. Uh, it's amazing. But uh, this is a real-time strategy game that's specifically focused on the spaceship battles. Um, and I bit the bullet and bought into early access for it just so I could take it for a spin and ended up spending a few hours with it um, and had a lot of fun. Like it's, it's got bugs and they've actually delayed the release to respond to not just to some of those bugs, but some of the feature inclusions that the, the community has asked for, which has been received really well. It's coming out later this month, but um, it's, it's really kind of nuanced. It's not terribly hard to pick up in terms of your traditional strategy game, but there's a lot of, uh, control like you can control things like the engagement range whether your ships are attacking horizontally or or vertically um it's only a 2d space it's not homeworld by any stretch of the imagination right um but it's just like and there's this special abilities and there's certain factions that are you know more suited to long range combat versus close range and you can ram ships 
and it's got a little RNG thing going, so it's really mimicking the tabletop thing well. So, like, there's a, a thing that if you get close enough, you will improve your success, but you can basically teleport a group of your guys aboard their ship to kind of do damage to a vital part of, you know, engines or something, say. Mm. Um, certain level of success, depending on your range and other factors. and You can target specific parts on the ship. So if they're fleeing engines, if they're hitting your hard turrets and... Uh, really, really cool. And it's got this little mechanic where <clears throat> if you go in crazy like I do in any RTS with little regard for human life, your uh, captains will like turn on you and try to retreat. Um, oh, so yeah. for, like you've got a few seconds before they will warp out. So you've got to click on this execute button to kill the captain and stop the mutiny and <laughs> take oh. the ship back over. But I think you can level up the captain. So I think there's kind of like a risk reward thing as well because you're killing someone who you've invested in. I uh, see. You can upgrade the ships, and they've got this kind of, like, as far as I could tell, it was light on, but the similar idea to, to Total War, they've got this turn-based grand strategy map um, where you can do a certain amount of things in one move before you have to end your turn. But if you don't control, or depending on how much of this system you control, <clears throat> will determine how, kind of, like, what passive perks you have and and all this other stuff going on. So, like, it's really fascinating, and I think it's going to launch with three or four different factions. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to, to playing the final release. I think it's, like, 35 bucks for pre-order of US, that is, on Steam, if that sounds of interest to you. And <clears throat> if you want to wait to see what people say about it, I think they're even offering the pre-order incentive in that, the um, the Orcs, I think. Was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, you get a specific faction, so if you buy it within a month, or two of launch, you can still get that if you want to hang out um, for how it's looking. But from what I played, I was very impressed. It's quite gorgeous as well. So like you can zoom right in and see this crazy detail on these like um, space marine ships, for instance, that literally look like giant cathedrals flying in space with cannons on them. Mm. Um, Yeah, they do. You don't want to look at that. Like you don't really want to use that view, obviously, because it's not particularly practical yeah, yeah. in a tactical sense but <clears throat> same as sins and stuff yeah but it's just like nice to have that option there to move in and see the you know see the damage and watch them firing and they've got these cool little stylized cartoon cutscenes for the little bit of um narrative tease that they had the first three missions so yeah man for a game that i mean i'm not particularly well versed in warhammer um but i'll always have a look at anything that's got warhammer on it like mm-hmm. so it doesn't have warhammer anywhere in the title so it's kind of like almost niche in its name like mm. you have to know a bit or have it recommended to you for you to understand what it's about um, yeah it looks like it has the potential to be a very very interesting um, strategy t- title with a little bit more tactical depth I guess than what you're used to from your average RTS in that you're not really managing macro it's all about micro yeah 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 it's, I'm looking at it now it does look very pretty Yes, take it for a spin. I did hit them up for a code. They didn't reply, so I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good PR. Oh, I, I remember seeing it a little bit before, and I was like, I hope someone else tries that out before me so they can tell me how it is, and, and here you are. <laughs> hey, look at that. Timing. Perfect. <laughs> it's good to hear. It's good. Because it, it really does seem like Warhammer or Games Workshop is just sort of licensing out to anyone who can pronounce their first name. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's good to hear that they're actually good. 
Yeah, and, and you'd think with that sort of thing that they wouldn't really be doing much in the way of quality control if they're just kind of pimping it out. But yeah. my understanding is that not just in terms of what's been released today, because wasn't there like a Melbourne-made like 40k chess game or something? Yeah, that's Regicide. Yeah, and that went really well, didn't it? Yeah, and they're just about to uh, release more stuff, I think. So that's great. And then they've got like, but they're just getting their deeply rich IP. Um, across genres, but also just across developers. So it seems like they're kind of picking mm. the right people for the right job, um, yeah. and that's serving them really well. Instead of like doing, sorry, EA, but instead of doing a Disney's <laughs> had a ten-year agreement with EA to make Star Wars games, so it means that only EA um, developers or under their banner will be releasing Star Wars games in the foreseeable future. Shit, shitting out. I think it's the time. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping that they've got. They must have something announced soon. Yeah, I've just uh, I just downloaded Regicide actually, so I'll be probably playing it over the next couple of days, seeing what it's like throwing grenades at pawns. <laughs> so that's how that game works. Hmm. Yeah, if I only like turn-based things, I'd probably take it for a spin. Yeah. Um, all right. Did you have anything else about Siege, or are you done with that one? No, there was just a little form. Siege update to let you know that Ubisoft's really good and that they're very transparent with their updates and the latest update didn't break anything as far as I could see, but nor did I notice much changes in terms of um, netcode at this stage. Although yeah. they said they're, they're working on it more, so whatever. Well, uh, I guess the last game we've got on the list then is Quantum Break, or um, as it's been given a new name. I don't Quantum think that is a game. Quantum Broken. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you uh, incorrectly listed that as a game. Uh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> I think Nathan's played a bit of this, but um, before we get into that, I can talk about my story, my experience playing Quantum Broken. Uh, so the game's now out, obviously, on uh, PC and Xbox One. Uh, one. Juan, Jung, Juan, Juan, Ashen, Juan, J U A N, Juan, Juan, Ashen, Juan. <laughs> so the other night, uh, I think it must have been Tuesday, Tuesday night, I think it came out. Um, I jumped online, fired up my Windows 10 store, uh, clicked the the buy not buy now button, or whatever it is, uh, because it was released here in Australia at 11 p.m. or something that night on the Windows store, um, even though it was out all day. On Xbox One, they picked 11 p.m., some stupid time. So I bought that. Uh, and then for some reason, when I got my statement that came through from Microsoft, it had two purchases on it. So I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. And then my my PayPal account was charged twice. So I jumped onto the Microsoft chat and started chatting with someone. Um, and then they refunded me a purchase, one of the purchases. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So I downloaded, I started downloading the game. It, uh, it was, it's slow as fuck to download on the Windows Store and PC. Uh, I think it took me about 30 minutes to download Dark Souls, which is like 40 gig or something, 50 gig maybe on Steam. And um, this was going like shit slow. Oh, before I get to that part, shit, I forgot a whole like juicy part of the story. Um, after I pressed the buy now button, it's like, would you like to install? I'm like, yes. Um, so I click the install button and it comes up, pops up. You do not have enough space. Just like a generic <laughs> fucking message. Like, you do not have enough space, space to install. I, I, okay. All right. Fair enough. Where's it trying to install? It's trying to install on the C drive. I was like, well, I don't want to fucking install it on there. So I had to do like reading up on how to change the location of where to do that. 
way yeah. to install apps. You don't do it in the store app. You do it like back in fucking Windows in like the settings, the system settings. Yeah, default storage location for apps, not games. Yeah. That's how you change it. In apps. So I had to change the apps location to my sold state drive and then um, and then save it. And then I jump back in. At this stage, I had like 80 gigabytes free or something. And the games, as far as I knew, it was telling me on the site was 45 gig. So then I go in and press the button and say install. And it says, you do not have enough space. It doesn't tell me how much space I need. Just I don't have enough space. Or where it's trying to install doesn't say any of that bullshit. Just you don't have enough space. So I restart my PC just in case, like, for some reason, it thinks it's still trying to install on C drive. Restart my PC. Fire it back up. You do not have enough space. All right, so I start deleting shit off my C drive, off my um my games drive, sorry, my G drive, and uh, like I'm deleting like fucking chunks of games. Like I'm deleting uh, like Fallout Four, fucking um, like the Division Beta, like pretty decent stuff. And I I get to like a hundred and fucking seventy gigabytes free space, and finally it fucking starts installing this game after like I I must have deleted three games. And each time I deleted it, I was like, install. And I was like, nah, get fucked. Uh, and after about 180 gig free, it starts installing. And after all that, all it, all it takes up is like 40 gig. So now I've got an extra fucking, like, all this space sitting there doing nothing. What? Which shit me. Anyway, so that, that sucks. That, that whole process was shithouse. Anyway, and then I get my refund from Microsoft. Um, the next morning, I, I, uh, I go to work. Come home from work, try and fire up the game. Doesn't work. I get a splash screen with like fucking Sean Ashmore and the Game of Thrones dude like staring at each other, and that's all that happens when I hit when I hit the open button. Right, what the fuck? All right, fair enough. So then I jump back onto. I try every like I try restarting. I check my event log, no errors. It just doesn't start. I'm like, and you can't go into the apps folder on the PC and run it manually because they changed the security permissions on there. And it's just completely fucked. Like whatever they done, I don't know. They're crazy people over there. Um, so I jump back on chat and I'm talking to this person and this chat goes for like an hour and he's like, or, or she, I'm not too sure. Uh, they're like, Oh, it seems to be a licensing problem. We're going to have to delete the second, th- this new uh, instance is on there. Um, refund your purchase and you'll have to purchase it again because they their assumption was because i purchased it twice sorry before because it purchased twice before maybe they deleted it and the license was pointing to the one they deleted so they've and i'm like is there not a better way you can do this like do i have to buy this again like do you have to refund me and buy it because what's basically happening now is i'm paying for this game and they're refunding me but it takes like four days for the refund to come through so yeah, I'm three times. so I don't have I'm like fucking feeding them money where I'm not getting anything back. So he, this person says, "All right, just look, we'll refund the game, and then you purchase it again, and we should be good." So I'm like, "All right, whatever. I, like, I just want to play this fucking game on PC." So they refund the purchase. I fire up the store, and it's telling me I already own the game, and I'm like, "All right, well, what do I do?" And I can't move the files. I've already. I, I, my thinking in my head is that it's because it's already installed. It won't let me repurchase it or i've got to delete it or something um so i'm trying to figure out how i can move the files without losing all those files because it took so long to download i couldn't figure it out so i just uninstalled the game uh fired up the store again and then it was like you don't own this so would you like to buy it And i'm like yes i would like to buy it so then i buy the game again it starts downloading i go to fucking sleep because it's gonna take 
12 hours to download. So tonight I get home, fired it up, same thing again. Fucking Sean Ashmore and Game of Thrones dude at the fucking splash screen. Nothing happens. This time I get an error message in the event log. I jump on a chat. I uh, send this dude or, or girl, I don't know, whatever, um, my event viewer notification plus reference to the last two days being like, what the fuck's going on? Like, here's all the bullshit I've been through. Here's the error. Uh, and then he starts asking me questions about my, or she starts asking me questions about my computer specifications, whether or not they meet the requirements. And I'm just like, yes, they meet the requirements. And then I start getting asked questions about whether or not I have Windows up to date. And I'm like, yes, Windows is up to date. It's, uh, it was checked last night. We did all this. Um, and then they're like, well, it seems to be a licensing problem. Um, on our end, we can see that it's telling us you've purchased, purchased the Xbox One version of the game. And I'm like, well, I'm buying it in the Windows 10 store. And it's telling me that this is built for Windows 10 PC. Like, I'm not buying it on the Xbox One, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, and they, and anyway, he comes back like 20 minutes later or she, and then says, uh, it seems like we've had, we're having this problem with other applications as well. Like this is an isolated problem. Um, we can escalate the case to some other team and then they can log onto your computer and remote and run some programs, which will scan it and tell us what applications you've got installed and what's conflicting with it. And at that stage, I'm just like, look, just refund me my money and I will, I will do something else. Um, I'll go buy. I'll, I didn't. I was just basically like, just refund me the money at that stage. Um, mm. So yeah, don't uh, don't buy fucking Quantum Break on the PC. Would be my best um, advice. I've also read there's been a lot of problems on the PC in terms of the performance. Um, it's a shit house port. There's actually no quit button when you launch the game. <laughs> so you, once you've got the game up and running, there's no quit button. Like, yes. they forgot to put a, a fucking exit button in because usually on the Xbox, you hit the the um, the home button, whatever it is, and then go back to the main screen. That's how fucking terrible report this is. It's, it's, Damn. It's crap. Um, so I've now, I've now given them $300 for a game I can't play, and I'm going to have to go buy it tomorrow on a fucking console. So there's 400 bucks. Oh, and it was a hundred bucks on the Windows, uh, this Windows store as well, which is nuts. Um, it's like seventy nine bucks on console. So I'm gonna play it on console. It looks like I was really keen to play it on PC and, and um, check it out, but yeah, what a fucking nightmare that is. If you buy it on Xbox, do you get the free PC version, or is that just for pre-orders? That was a pre-order bonus that you had to have done by the time the game came out. Damn um, it! There was a bunch of disclaimers on there. Uh, so yeah <laughs> and even if I did it that way there was nothing to say that it'd still work because um, I had to download it twice like 100, 100 gig or something I had to spend it's, and the Windows Store download is, is shit slow like it's terrible slow I just get your act together and go on fucking Steam like release your games on Steam the infrastructure is awesome it's super quick um, there's no bullshit problems uh yeah i I don't know they gotta stop fucking around (laughs) yeah jeez man that sounds horrible 300 bucks yeah and like their best thing that they could do was to refund the money and have me purchase it again (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like twice they asked me to do that i'm like no 
Is there not a better way you can fix this? Yeah. Anyway, so that was... At this point, they should just be giving you a free code. Well, I mean, it's not working as it is, so... Yeah. Yeah, you gotta say, do you know who I am? That's that's the only phrase you need to know, man. (laughs) I don't think he gives... He or she... Don't don't even mention anything after that. Just ask. And like, ooh, only important people say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they've done it through Windows Store, and it's garbage, and I had the same experience or similar experience with uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which stealthily released on PC with little fanfare. Um, had to go through the same thing of being told I didn't have enough storage space, and then freeing up space, but it doesn't actually, like Steam or any normal fucking program, it doesn't alloc- pre-allocate the space, so it will just eat into it. So when yeah, it, determines it keeps going. Yeah. created enough space i started installing it on my c drive because um, i'm like oh yeah i'm doing it for review i want to run it off an ssd um not just for speed and convenience but to see you know how well it performs under a fair test environment mm-hmm. and uh so it was installing on a c after i'd cleared up some space and then i get a windows notification saying i've got four gigabytes left on my c drive so had to delete it couldn't copy and paste it because it can't find the files similar to you and I had to reinstall it on the D drive um, and then it was like it said it was going to be a certain size but then it said it was larger than that certain size by a significant amount of gigabytes uh, got into the game and because they're doing this universal Windows platform bullshit which is treating their games as apps despite and I recommend that everyone reads it, an open letter written by the um, head of Epic Games who wrote an op-ed damning it and also said that when they were talking about making it with key developers he told them it was a bad idea and was kind of disappointed they went through with it Mm. and I agree but like shit like V-Sync is permanently switched on so you cannot get more than 60 frames per second at the moment in you know DirectX 12 games DirectX Mm. 12 games look phenomenal Um, but you know there's just lots of bullshit like this like you can't run anything in overlay so i can't run shadow play to take screenshots for my fucking job or video footage uh i had to use the obnoxious xbox fucking screenshot things that lags half the time and it takes a screenshot 10 seconds after you've pressed the shortcut yeah um you can't like it runs in forced full screen mode as well and it's just bad news and they're going to fix it you know that they're going to patch it eventually but why we're getting to the stage where they launch something that's this fucked and i'm talking about windows store Mm. um is beyond me like they've they've got steam as an example origin is someone trying to chase them and then new players trying to chase them is chasing them they've got all of these success and kind of failures and misstep stories that they can draw upon before windows 10 came out and yet still we get this kind of dud stuff <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's crap. It's crap. And, and the other thing, it breaks a good game, game, but you should play it. <laughs> well, what I'll add is that that's also confusing. Is that on the the PC there's an Xbox app as well? Yes. Which you can buy games on there and get your achievements. And like, I think they should just go that route. Like, just have your Windows games on that and just make it one fucking thing. I agree. Rather, rather than um, but but then they have problems where your games like Candy Crush or your um, Solitaire games end up being on that app store, and it's kind of weird. I don't know. I think everything should just be under the one banner like the no, app. No, they need to integrate it because you're right. Because if you go into store 
and I try to look up uh, Gears of War, mm-hmm. it won't come up in store. It won't come up as being installed or anything. But if I go to Xbox, the Xbox app, which looks a lot like the Xbox UI, and then I go to my games in that, it will come up with... I'm just looking at it now. It will come up with Gears of War, and it will come up with like whatever the other one is, Solid Tear. Those are the two games that I can... It detects that I can play on my computer. Mm-hmm. But then it's kind of this disconnect where you have to go back to the store to go to click on your face to find to check for updates to kind of force it to update when it doesn't automatically do it because sometimes it automatically updates, other times it doesn't. So you go into something like Gears of War and you'll get a notification message saying, there's been a new update release, you need to update. And then you go through all this jumping through hoops just to realize that you've actually already downloaded it and automatically downloaded it, and that the game couldn't detect that you were up to date, like, boggles the mind. Yeah, it's super strange. It's really weird. Anyway, uh, Quantum Break, you've played some, right? <laughs> I played a couple of hours. Uh, well, probably closer to three, to be honest, um, yep. including watching the first live-action episode. Yep. And it's really good. Um, what I played, I was really impressed with, and I thought it was well on track to being uh, probably Remedy's best game. Oh, uh, I don't know about that, man. You're crazy. I, hey, and I'm a big Remedy fanboy. Really? Did you like uh, Alan Wake? And yep. Yeah. Okay. Alan Wake was yeah very highly regarded in my household. Yeah, I loved Alan Wake, and even really enjoyed American Nightmare. Which really? Okay. Found controversial, but I mean, I'm talking from a gameplay perspective, and and the kind of the expansion of the Alan Wake mythology, despite yeah. its flaws, you know, its repetitiveness, the fact that it was no longer a horror game, it was more of just like an action sort of thriller title. Mm. Um, big fan of Max Payne One, adore Max Payne Two. Yeah. So that's the games they've made. <laughs> yeah, I went Death Rally, as I found out. Yeah. Today. Mobile game. Which I never played. Well, originally a DOS game. So I've downloaded that to play to see if they really are amazing. Uh, but Quantum Break was just, it was really cool. It was like, it, it was beautiful. Um, the live action integration stuff was the best thing they've ever done with that. Like, it made sense. It had great actors. It had good acting. It was well shot. It was well directed. It was well written. Like, charming characters. But it wasn't just like, kind of like this supplementary filler the gameplay sections revolve around the heroes and the um, cutscenes sort of more followed the plight of the baddies so kind of like presenting the the baddies perspective as well i found to be very interesting and um i guess the the biggest problem with it is the combat wasn't Mm. particularly challenging um and Bear in mind, and I've heard from someone else who's finished the game that the combat doesn't really get that much harder, and they played through on hard, mm-hmm. on a console, with only the pistol. So, <clears throat> I guess it really doesn't get that challenging. But the first act makes you feel like a superhero, which is good, because you're getting all these time powers, and you're completely overpowered compared to the enemies who don't have time powers. And then a little bit of way into the second act, they start to introduce guys who have similar, or different, even different powers to what you have, and so my take on the fight scenes instead of them like I found them rewarding in that not from a challenge perspective but just from a like how cinematic and how entertaining you could make a like a a kind of set piece you could create your own action set piece where you're stringing together these time powers and you know taking down multiple guys and freezing time over there and stopping a grenade coming in over here and then kind of doing a dash and pulling off headshots like I just found that to be like incredibly cool in a beautiful looking game 
And that was on PC, by the way, those first um, few hours that I played. How's it running for you? Well, this was this was at the preview state. I've been replaying it oh. on Xbox, but I've yet to get past where I got up to. I was actually just hanging out for the PC code, but they haven't sent me one yet. So <laughs> oh. maybe I should go back to Xbox. Um, but it was at that stage, they were only running it at 30 frames per second, and they, they were very transparent about that. Um but it looked gorgeous, and it, it ran really well. And I was playing with an Elite controller because they hadn't um, put in the keyboard-mouse controls at that stage either. That was only like a, six weeks ago. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had heaps of fun, and I loved all the little narrative tidbits and the terrible dialogue between the two main characters that was like showing their goofy friendship. But like that they'd taken time travel seriously, and they'd gone and talked to scientists to kind of create a believable time travel scenario yeah yeah, that's Uh, good yeah so I'm really looking forward to finishing it Um, but again I I wanted to play it on PC because you know shooting and I like to be able to aim same (laughs) yeah alright well hopefully I'll have played a bit more uh, by the next podcast at least some I hope it's not Um, your fault is it Microsoft yeah, yeah. I, I just hope that, that it does well, like the game. Like Alan Wake was one of those games that um, seemed to critically do quite well, but it came out around the time where um, not too many were talking about it because Red Dead was around the corner. And so it kind of stomped all over that. But it was one of those cult games where once the word kind of got out, then it started selling quite well. And I think it did pretty good in the end. Um, yeah, especially when they, they, they were saying PC too, but not well enough for a sequel because apparently they pitched Alan Wake two to Microsoft and Microsoft said they wanted something different. So that breaks my heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Microsoft wanted something different because I guess at that stage it wasn't selling well, um, and, and I think their biggest problem was Red Dead. Like you, um, yeah, you don't release a game around one of the biggest games of the year, and unfortunately, that's what happened to them. But do they do they pick release dates? Like that's usually a publisher decision, right? Publishers picked it, yeah. You think yeah. That they would have delayed it. So it's, you know, it's nothing worse than hearing about something great that gets screwed over by the people who's you know puts a lot of money into it and have marketed it and are supposed to put it in you know an appropriate release window. Yeah, and I I hear bullshit excuses like, oh, but they're two separate types of games. They're different audiences. Like, well, that doesn't matter. Like, not everybody can afford to buy both games at the same time like some people will just buy one game a month or maybe one game every six months like and that's what they play yeah it doesn't matter to the the mainstream like we're we're gamers we're gonna know about these games yeah but like mums and dads who are looking to buy a game and their kids are like the people who aren't necessarily informed are gonna pick the rockstar game from the makers of gta over you know from the guys that made max Payne. max Payne, what was that you know like (laughs) especially at that stage. But yeah, they were great games and I'm, it's always sad to see that they didn't enjoy the kind of success where they could have created a sequel that it was so obviously leaning towards and that was not delivered in that kind of stopgap 1.5 yeah. release. Well, that was the there. that was the, the plan because I, I remember um, when they came out here um, and they were pre... Well, it was just before release, I think. They were, they were previewing... Uh, Alan Wake and uh, was talking to like their CEO or something at the time and would you know, off the record stuff talking about like where like what his plans were going forward with the series and they were talking about sequels at that stage 
uh, well, they were talking about, they were doing it, they were working on and like they had ideas and how they want to do episodic content. Um, and I think the just the whole, um, the whole thing about what happened with the sales just killed that and Microsoft, like they can't get anyone to, to pitch that. And I hope that either Microsoft looks at it and says we can do an Alan Wake 2 or they just decide to go indie because they're still an independent studio. They're not owned by anybody. No, but they, they seem to have, um, in their last few titles, hitched their wagon to Microsoft exclusivity. Yeah. And I think that could be a problem. Um, you know, I'd like to see them maybe branch out and maybe try hit up Sony or go multi-platform for a game. Multi-platform, totally. But then they need, they need a backer at that stage. Like, they need money from somewhere. Yeah. Well, hopefully Quantum Break sells enough for them to just you know, buy an island, do whatever they want. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's do news super quickly. Power news. Power news. Um, there's a speed run for Dark Souls 3 coming up. We talked about that a little bit before. Jung, do you have any hardcore details? Uh, no, it's just a, it's a speed run competition. Um, so anyone who is in Australia and New Zealand can enter. Uh, ben Namco announced this at the event last night. Uh, the launch event for the game that's not launched. And um, uh, you can um, <laughs> you can start yourself a Twitch account and start streaming your attempts at getting the fastest run possible because um, only attempts that are on Twitch will be valid. And they have to be using a certain hashtag, which uh, Ben and Emco will put on their Facebook page, which I think is like facebook.com slash... Uh, ben 9 Mco AU, I think that's it. Um, but they're going to put the full details on there before the game comes out on the 12th. Uh, and then you're going to have four weeks to put up your best time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, it's uh, it's an any percent run, not an all bosses run. So just you know, finish it as fast as you can. But they're not going to allow like glitches. So, you know, if someone, like to my knowledge, there's not any glitch at the moment anyway that's been discovered that allows you to skip any boss. But, you know, say, for example, someone discovers a glitch where you can skip half the game, uh, that's not going to be allowed in the run. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you know, anyone who's in Australia and New Zealand can can have a go and you win 10,000 bucks. But they shouldn't. They shouldn't do it. Don't bother. Yeah, well, I'm going to be doing it, so... Um, so don't try. Yeah. Good luck, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. Uh, Doom is in open beta next week. We talked about that briefly. Anything else to add on that one? I guess uh, it's, is it going to be the same as the one you guys played? I'd say so, but it's like, yeah, open beta, so definitely give it a crack. Um, absolutely give it a crack. If you're just buying it for multiplayer, you'd be mad to be buying Doom for multi, given what they've shown of single player and how good it looks. But, um, yeah, if that's going to seal the deal for you it's good to see that bethesda has done an open beta and i think it's it's cross-platform as well isn't it xbox one ps4 and pc so have a crack give it a go and uh yeah let us know what you think (laughs) yeah um next up is rock band 4 failed to reach its target on the pc for uh their campaign that's surprising yeah, it's uh, they were asking for 1.5 million. They <coughs> got to 792,000. Lol. Ouch. So, yeah, not even halfway. Refunded. Oh, I know they got halfway. Just um, 52% of the goal they got. Yeah, so that that sucks for them. But it was kind of 
yeah, obvious going into that. Um, they kind of addressed the community and said, we understand why, you know, there's obviously not a need for it. Um, I, I've been reading a lot of posts about the campaign and it seems like a lot of people in, uh, are talking about um, they want them to fix the Rock Band 4 stuff first on the consoles. Um, in particular, the things I've talked about, like the calibration system is just shit. Uh, that's being brought up a lot and they, you know, they were talking about, you know, why can't they spend resources on redoing that and making that better and fixing it? Like, um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like the community is interested in the moment on PC version. They'd rather them just focus on console and get that up to scratch. Mm. But, oh, um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and remote play has been added on the PlayStation 4 in the latest update. Right. Yeah, that's to match what um, Xbox has done with the PC, right? Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. Um, I've read that it works fine. But, uh, yeah, I I haven't tried it yet. I like, um, I live in uh, an apartment (laughs) with units and there's lots of Wi-Fi around. I I don't know how that's going to work, whether or not I'll have interference or, um, you know, what, what that kind of would be like, but... I'm keen to check it out and see what happens, but mm. I, I hear it works from Kotaku. They, they wrote it. Did a write-up where they said it worked well, but it didn't have 1080p. That was like um, Xbox at the start. It was only 720, but I think they bumped it up to 1080p after the beta phase, so technology's there. Mm. Not that all games on the Xbox One run at 1080p, lol. Lol. Yeah. All right, and that's news. Woo! Easy. Uh, there was emails. Did you guys want to do emails or leave that for next week? Leave that for next week? Because we're, we're kind of dragging on, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I gotta have dinner. Yeah, I gotta have dinner as well. I gotta get <laughs> fucking dinner before pizza sh- shots. I think. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's kill it. Let's do what? Kill it. Let's let's kill it. Eat. Kill the emails. Let's kill the emails. Yeah, in terms of let's not do them. We'll do them next week. Uh, thanks to the people who did email us, though. We'll definitely get through to them. Um, the ones that are good. The ones that are shit, we don't read. But we're going to eat as well. Like the so. press releases. Yeah, it's it's getting to... It's 10.30 at night now. Um, that's how long we yap on for sometimes. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, under the GA Podcast or facebook.com slash the GA Podcast. Uh, you can like that page. You can find us on our iTunes, Android, and the Windows Store under the Gap or the GA Podcast, uh, where you can rate and review us on there. Or email us at gapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've also got a website at thegapodcast.com, which we post the uh, episodes up there and any sort of content that we're kind of doing. Um, I posted my uh, Survivor review for Dark Souls 3 and Job's uh, Ozgamers review as well up on there, so you can find easy links to that. And we're also on uh, twitter.com slash the GI podcast. Um, and on our Facebook page, I posted Jung's and Vati's uh, Dark Souls guide. So, Oh, thanks. If you haven't looked at that yet, go check out our Facebook page and, and check that video out. Um, I watched it. It was very good. I, I learned some things that I didn't know, um, which is helpful. But yeah. otherwise... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash LukeLaurie, L-I-W-R-E, and uh, Survivor.com, Dark Souls. Go check it out. Nathan, you got anything happening? 
Yeah, I'm everywhere. Um, you can Game check out Game Informer, Hyper, which has got a quarterly release coming up, um, Red Bull, uh, PC Powerplay website, and IGN. Just Google my name with any one of those and read something. Leave a comment. Don't be nice, because I don't read them, so I don't care. <laughs> Boom ditch. Uh, and John, you, you've been busy, right? Yeah, pretty busy. I've got one small thing in Game Informer on Doom. Uh, the current issue that's out at the moment has got a big piece on the NBN. Um, and then, yeah, just the Dark Souls video. Check the uh, Dark Souls 3 uh, AU YouTube channel. Uh, might be going up internationally as well, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, check that for mine and Vati's little guide on how to play some Souls. It's got. Uh, it's mostly for beginner stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, there's uh, still some like you know, there's stuff in there people might not know. Um, it's good. Yeah, to- stuff has changed. You know, they've taken some attributes out, putting some new stuff in, and voice yeah. is different. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you'll see. Check it out. Are you doing <laughs> any other videos at all, or is that that's it? Kind of. I not for Dark Souls. I mean, I was thinking about maybe making some just to put on my. Uh, personal YouTube channel, which I never really do anything on. Yeah. Um, but just because I know a shitload about Dark Souls now, um, I was thinking about putting some stuff together. But then again, there's other people doing it who got the J- Japanese version, and um, they're already making guides on like how to find all the Estus shards and stuff like that. So I might still do some stuff. And then I am making another video for another game soon, um, but can't talk about it yet. That's fair enough. Um, I think we're going to try and do a, well, we talked about it, we're going to do a Dark Souls um, spoiler cast. Uh, we'll release that after the game's out, so that's next week. So in the next week or so, we'll try and uh, sit down and do that. And we're going to try and get Vati on, right, John? Is that the plan? Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a ring, see if he's up for it. Yeah, um, we'll get a one of the experts. Like, Jung's an expert, but he Vati's fucking crazy. He's on another level. He's the lore master. Yeah, he's like the guy. Right? He's Gandalf. I am the lore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I am just... the lore. Okay, that's where we're going. Yeah, but lore <laughs> spelled L-O-R-E, right? Come on. Now break the lore. I am the lore. <laughs> okay. Now I want to watch Dread. Dread, <laughs> as in Dread, not Judge Dread with Stallone. The Carl Urban one. <laughs> the Carl Urban Dread. Yeah. Not the the juice bigelow dread. <laughs> the, the infinitely superior dread. <laughs> if it's not already clear. <laughs> uh, I just think uh, I think I got a little stuff down there still. It's <laughs> got a yeah. little stuff, you know. Tell me about the stuff. <laughs> can I take my helmet off yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's been ten minutes. Yes, you can yeah. take it off. Will they know it's me? How will they know it's me if I don't take my helmet off? It's not like I have an iconic voice. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our, our Dark Souls talk. Um, and we weren't too spoilery, but uh, yeah, we'll get more into it next week or the week after. Stick around. Yay. Stick Bye. around. Did you like that? That was my Arnold quote. Stick, Stick around. around. Stick yeah. around. <laughs> See ya. Uh, thank you very much. Bye. That was Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't Arnold at all. <laughs> where, where does he say bye? He doesn't. It was, it was just, you know, everyone else.
else did an accent. I didn't do one, so I had to attribute it to someone. <laughs>